0: Everybody. welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's a budget-friendly solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. We're also working this year with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is machine learning for the deer woods. So Spartan Forge has millions of data points all put together to tell you the best time to be in the woods. They use collar deer studies. They use auto accidents. They use social media pictures. They use all of that data comprised to figure out where the deer are going to be. The same artificial intelligence that's used to track bad guys uh, in the Middle East and all over the world, that's what they're using To figure out deer patterns. And deer move differently in the south than they do in the northeast than they do in the Midwest. So, this data is specific to your location uh, based on all of these things being reported. Now, uh, I just had a long conversation with Bill about the new features that are coming. Uh, So, there's going to be some updates, and with the updates, there's going to be price increases. So, if you were to sign up right now, uh, the price is locked in for as long as you have the subscription service, and um, an app is being built right now, and that's coming here very shortly, uh, so it's going to be a little bit more user-friendly, and um, like I said, there's a ton of features that are um, really awesome. We were talking about like things that I would want to see in an app, and uh, he's like, yep, that's going to be in there. Um, oh, that's a great idea. Let's... Let's try and figure out how we can make it, I mean, just the most ideal app for, um, the hunter. And I don't know if you've been paying attention. You need to follow Spartan Forge on, um, social media. Um, he's announcing the pro staff or the guys that are, that are using this, that are testing this. Um, and you know, already has been Garrett Prawl and Greg Litzinger, um, but, Uh, just out now is Johnny Stewart, Taylor Chamberlain, Parker McDonald, and Andy May. Um, some like tremendous hunters and guys that spend a ton of time in the woods. I mean, Taylor, you know, hunts 200 to 250 days a year. Um, you know, for him to be able to, to say, yes, this is working, you know, this is what I'm seeing. I mean, that's an incredible, uh, asset to have on their team to, to kind of verify that this is working. Um. And Andy May is like one of the most efficient killers um that's out there. He's actually next week's guest on the Vitals Live. Um so next Tuesday. So if you're one of the Patreons, be looking in your messages for that. Um this week is gonna be Greg Litzinger, another guy on this list. Um, so uh if you haven't checked out the Vitals Live, you can go do that. Or uh, you know, our Patreons get uh that linked to to come and, and have a one on one session with uh with the guys on the vitals live. Um, but Spartan forge, like I said, big things are coming. You can use code, uh, bow hunter for 25% off of that. And that's 25% for as long as you have it. So, uh, they do have a free day, uh, four, uh 14 day trial and, um, you can check that out at spartanforge.ai. And I mentioned the Patreons. i got to give a shout-out to our two new Patreons since last week. TJ Merritt of Harrison. So TJ, he hosted the Tethered t- uh, Teaching Train last year at, at uh, his house or his dad's house. Uh, so I've met TJ, great guy. Uh, thanks, TJ. And then James Allen out of Pennville, New York. So uh, more of the, the the East Coast guys uh, jumping on, and we really do appreciate it. And what is Patreon? Patreon is a crowdfunding for creators so that helps to uh for us to do all of our giveaways which we'll get to in a minute um, it, it helps to buy equipment for the show it helps to buy gear for us to test to try for us to go on hunts for us to go on location and meet these guys in person uh, to go to things like the tethered teach and train and talk to the guys and and you know report back to you so um you know it's 17 cents a day, um, to support the show. And, uh, I send out a swag pack to everybody, uh, TJ and James. I'm going to get yours out, um, here by the end of this week. Usually the first part of my week is putting out the podcast. And then the second is all of the, uh, housekeeping. So we'll get to that. You can check that out at patreon.com uh, forward slash Hunter Chronicles podcast, or you can go to bowhunterchroniclespodcast.com and click the Patreon link. You can go to the link in our Instagram, check out our YouTube, but there's a Patreon uh, thing on there where it shows you how to sign up. Um, on top of that, um, we're also giving away a bow. Um, you don't have to be a Patreon to be entered. Um, Literally, there's like 150 people that have signed up. So if you go to our website or go to um, our Instagram and just click on the link, um, we're giving away a Bowtech Carbon Zion. We're a bow hunting podcast. We want to give back. We want to get more people into it. We want to get people more, uh, excited about it. And so, um, we thought what better way than to give away a brand new bow. So we're giving away that Carbon Zion, same bow I'm going to be shooting, uh, HHA Tetra Sight, HHA Rest, um, more things to come on that. But I mean, that's a, an incredible thing just that we're giving away, outside of the Patreons. Patreons get extra entries, but um, whatever. But uh, each quarter we do giveaways strictly for the Patreons. And this quarter, um, so this quarter will be so April 1st, uh, probably by the 5th, April 10th, something like that, we'll announce these uh, winners. Uh, but we are giving away uh, Tacticam 5.0 package with the Turkey Reaper. And Tacticam's already said, you know, When you kill something with this camera, get them the footage. They'll edit it up for you, and they will put it out uh, on their social media. So your hunt will be out on everybody that follows Tacticam. Um, We're also giving away, uh, Latitudes gave us a classic saddle, but we thought, What good is a saddle? I mean, I love that saddle, but without everything else that goes along with it, you know, you still got to buy ropes, sticks, all that stuff. So uh, we're going to be giving away a set of uh, XOP mini sticks, the Artisan Outdoor uh, Fabrication mini platform, same platform I've used for the last two years. Um, And then just to round it out, we're going to give away some of the new tethered ropes, which I have to remember to order. Um, So we're going to give you everything that you need to start saddling. Uh, Spartan Forge, as we already mentioned, uh, they're giving away, uh, one year subscription to their, um, their software. And so you'll be able to check that out. And with all the new things that are coming, it's going to be really exciting time to, uh, to be involved with that. And then base map. So base map is what we've been using extensively. I'm actually testing, uh, beta testing their, um, new, uh, update for their, um, offline mapping which uh, was good to begin with the detail wasn't um, as great maybe as we would have liked when we were out west and uh, I can tell you right now that with what we're doing um, that is much much improved Um, but base map um, they've got all the layers everything that any of the other mapping softwares have um, as far as uh, functionality but they have a ton more layers uh, many more options online scouting is amazing um, and they're giving away one of their pro packs for a year as well as a swag pack and for base map I mean it's $30 for the entire year we have a code you can use uh, code chronicles you have to go uh, online to do that you can't do it through the app store um, so that ends up being $24 a month or excuse me, $24 a year, $2 a month for the entire year. Uh, But they're giving away one of those. The guys from Zinger Fletchings, so those are 3D printed, um, helical, uh, flat. They've got one degree, three degree, six degree offsets. Um, They're giving away a set of their Fletchings. Um, They're actually going to be at the Total Archery Challenge. We've got everything all set up uh, for us. Uh, We're all registered. We'll be at the Total Archery Challenge Boyne Mountain. So hoping to see you guys up there but the zinger fletching guys are going to be up there so we're hoping to to hook up with them and uh record a podcast hang out and um really you know that's going to be a great opportunity for us to shoot a lot of arrows with the uh, with the zinger fletches and see you know what we think of them I've got some they group right tight with my other arrows but I haven't shot them you know all day long at a hundred yards. So, uh, going to be pretty cool, but those are all the things that we're giving away, um, through Patreon. I also started a Marco Polo group, uh, which has been really great for, uh, building this community. Um, so if you're one of, there's like 30 guys in there. Um, so if you're one of the patrons, you're not using that, um, you don't have the link or whatever, get a hold of me, but, um, onto today's podcast. Today's podcast kind of stems from questions from that Marco Polo group. Um, for guys that are just starting out or switching over to um, mobile hunting, coming off of uh, private land, going on to public, making some changes, um, this stuff can be overwhelming. So what we wanted to do was take it from like a budget perspective. So if you had a set budget, how would you spend that money? What would you do? What should you do? Where should Where should the money be spent? Because it can be, if you had a, a I mean a thousand dollar budget for the entire year. Um, if you needed a bow, that'd be gone. If you, you know, wanted to buy all high end, uh, you know, a set of high end sticks and a high end stand that's gone. So there's no gas money, no tag money, no, no anything. So, um, Byron's on here. Byron's an accountant. Byron is, uh, uh, what I would consider like a higher level, deer hunter. He's he's targeting specific uh, class of deer, Pope and Young and Bigger, and he's doing it on public land. And he puts out videos on budget, on um, you know, great options for um, you know guys um, outside of just all the the high end stuff. And so I really wanted to have Byron on here to have this conversation and I'm really glad that we did. It's a little bit long, um, but super fun. And you can tell as soon as I give him a number, he gets super excited and we just run with it. So, uh, fun conversation. Um, great podcast. I really think it's going to be helpful for a lot of guys. Uh, but let us know what you think. Leave us a review on, um, itunes or whatever you're listening to hit that five-star review and um you know just tell somebody else about the podcast you know somebody that's maybe starting out maybe that needs this information say hey you got to hear what these guys have to say listen but i know you guys are going to like this thanks for listening all right everybody welcome back to another episode of the Bull hunter chronicles podcast adam just adam today not a solo podcast, but uh we're gonna talk with uh a guy who um it's a it's an interesting topic um he produces amazing content with high end like you know cinematic like quality, everything that you look for, and you say, man, I really want to do that as a cell filmer, as starting out, and then uh, you know you go and you use your your just one Tacticam, or you use your $150 uh, Sony uh, Handycam, and you're like, why doesn't mine look like his? Um, And we're going to get into a little bit of that, but um, we're talking with Byron Horton, the Whitetail Experience, um, about kind of the coming from a budget standpoint. So we're going to talk uh budget gear, multi-purpose gear, uh, kind of the evolution of kind of where to start, what you need, what you don't need. Um how
1: does that sound to you, Byron? I uh, I'm fired up, man. Anytime to talk deer hunting, maybe a little self-filming and uh you know, just getting into that uh oh the whitetail the world.
0: So I just want to touch on that like like how is a guy that produces like amazing content like on the budget side of it? Because it seems like everyone that we've talked to the evolution is like to this high end gear and it's not, I feel like if you end up with high end equipment in or equipment that's able to produce that sort of quality, it kind of translates all the way across. And so you have that, you know, must be better, must be ideal, must be, um, I guess, purpose built type mentality. So how, how are, how are we talking to you today on the budget side of things?
1: Yeah, I think, it, you know, that question's really just framed it at solo filming and production. But like, I remember a a conversation with a, a guy named Jordan Johnson, um, out of Illinois, And we were sitting there um, and, you know, I had my very first DSLR with like a kit lens and I was a little bit intimidated because here he's unboxing, not a red, but it was it was some camera that was it was pretty ridiculous as far as what he was putting together. It it was probably a a significantly multiple grand uh, camera. And I was kind of just kind of talking to him and, and saying, oh, I want this lens and oh, I need this drone. And he kind of looked at me and, and, and kind of pulled me aside and really gave me some great coaching advice that, dude, it is not it is not the camera. It is not necessarily the lens or the equipment, but it's it's you. Um, that is the most uh, important thing in this industry. And And he said, you can learn how to run a very basic camera with a kit lens or even your cell phone. He talked to one of his first productions, uh, his main camera took a dump on him and he pulled out his cell phone and the, the client was very, Oh, you know, kind of had a weird look on his face, but then Jordan edited it up and the client was thrilled to death with what they were able to accomplish. You know, that's something that stuck with me. um, And, and I, I think I'm also very realistic when it comes to the approach of, Oh, let's call it media in the outdoor space because one, there's not a lot of money in the outdoor space when you look at total dollars spent compared to something like the the wedding space or, or you know something like that. And so, like, not a lot of people make it. Not a lot of people, you know, break even. Either. So, so I have an accounting background, so I'm always kind of conscious of cost, and that's kind of how I have, have chose to make oh my gear decisions and and you know, both in hunting and, you know, from the filming side of things. Cause I, I didn't always have the, the custom gear set up. I, I, I have come from a hundred dollar climber field and stream 30 pounder, you know? Yeah.
0: So in, in, in saying that, and I've always said that, you know, so you could give me a red and I probably wouldn't even know how to turn the thing on, but if you turned it on for me and said, go ahead and video, whatever you want to, um, and then I gave you or someone like the guy that was that was giving you the advice um uh, his cell phone, he could produce a better video than I could um because it's kind of the guy that's using it but that when you were talking about that, it just made me think about like that probably translates a lot to the deer woods and you could you could say that if I gave um if you gave me all the Sitka Fanatic and uh Lone Wolf Custom Gear or name your high end saddle and the best sure. stick on the planet, and then you put me up against uh somebody, you know, like a, a Dan Infault or, you know, Zach from the Hunting Public or uh John Eberhardt or something like that, you know, I, my money would be on them in flannel or ripped up BDUs or mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um and I think that that's one thing in today's day and age gets lost. And when you talk about the the dollars not being in there in, uh, in the hunting space, I would almost say that there's probably more dollars spent on like trying to sell you gear than there is, you know, trying to teach you how to hunt.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that very much a, a trend, especially I, I feel like the industry in the, the early mid 2000s. You know, I think the industry is getting way better at teaching you how or showing real world examples. Um, but, yeah, the 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 commercials of, of 10 years ago were ridiculous as far as just trying to sell you stuff.
0: <laughs> so I guess from that perspective, um you know uh let's get a little bit of background i know that we've had you on here before and we've kind of gone through this but we got a lot of new listeners and um we haven't really approached it from this side so what's your background in hunting and like who taught you how to hunt or where did you get your information about
1: where to use gear or what you needed yeah um so i got introduced actually kind of late i was 17 18 years old Got invited to hunt a, uh, my best friend in high school, his dad owned 120 acres in Kishockey County, phenomenal uh, Deer County. And uh, I got to tag along with a, oh, you know, a big onesie that was faded real tree. And uh, you know, kind of that's that's how I started, you know, next year was Horton crossbow on the ground and um, bobbed around a few wooden platform stands on that piece and got bit by the bug and fast forward college comes around i start hunting some public ground grab a climber and and uh, you know started to be able to find deer there and was shocked because anything i'd ever read on forums and this is pre facebook days um you know reading forums and talking with hunters at shows and stuff like that public land was so frowned upon and um you know started to find some deer there and passed up a couple bucks that i shouldn't have and you know just was so engulfed with it um Finally, got a little more time after college to to really essentially take the full full year approach as far as scouting and and really just take my deer hunting to the next level and um, you know started hanging out with my 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 good buddy David Ebright, who's who's a member of the White Tail Experience he's funny uh, guy on there but uh, he had had some some better success early on right after college just really hunting hard and killing some good bucks. And, he kind of took me under his wing, and and you know we'd have nights called Deer and Beer Night where we'd fall asleep, you know, drinking beer on a Tuesday, watching uh, the old Hill Country Bucks DVD, or, or looking up, you know, crazy stuff on the Ohio Sportsman Forum and maps, and um, you know, fast forward now, I'm I'm you know still hunting public land and doing some out of state trips, and and uh, helping out edit, edit you know Whitetail Addictions and doing some media stuff with, with Lone Wolf Custom Gear and XOP. Okay. So in that,
0: um, evolution and, uh, and I'm still uh, in that evolution. That's <laughs> a key, key word there. Well, but I think that the, the thing is, is that I, I feel like sometimes, you know, we end up like you and I, and, and, and a lot of people. And I say that, you know, all this stuff that we look at is an echo chamber, but I think we can end up so close to it. Right. That. Uh, maybe you begin to believe the hype, or you get to, you get sucked in. I mean, like we were talking about a little bit before. Like, I am like a gear junkie, so I don't have. I, I've talked to a few guys that are like, they, I mean, they're so analytical, and they have this is my budget for the year for hunting, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I spend my lunch money. I mean, like. Uh, you know, I'm almost 40 years old. Like I still have like a budget for lunch and I'll just pack a lunch and I'll buy that, you know, climbing stick or this other saddle or this other platform or, you know, this, because, you know, granted it's, it's the podcast and I want to be able to speak intelligently on it. But at the same time, like I like seeing the stuff. Like I don't, I don't take anybody's word for it. Like online. I don't, I, I think that there's so much, so many people like, trying to sell you things and there's not enough people out there like being objective. So I don't have that, that like analytical, like this is my, my hunting budget. So how do you, like I said, as we get like too close and on that evolution, how have you like staved that off? Or, I mean, do you create a cost analysis? Like you did a video, you know, with the cost of running trail camps, right? So do you do that on every single piece of your hunting gear or what is your approach to hunting gear and like necessity cost? Is there multiple uses? How do you view that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I do take my hunting like costs very serious. I can't big purchases in general. Hell, I drove my mom's Honda like CRV for three months while I looked for the best truck deal and bought a, uh, A used truck out of uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and, you know, made my girlfriend drive me three hours to pick up a truck because it was $800 cheaper than anything close and put the, you know, so, so I am very conscious of, of, of spending money, um, especially substantial purchases, which, which hunting gear can get very substantial as far as, um, you know, investing and buying something maybe that could last you 10 years, even though it's very expensive, but, I've I've always been that way, um, and, and you know I really I, I really put some some time in as far as uh, researching, searching like how better deals, um, secondary sources. I'm very big on buying, you know, used gear. Uh, I always have been, and and you can find stuff at costs or um, capitalizing on on Black Friday deals if you kind of remember. Oh yeah. Last year they ran a black Friday deal i'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see what posts you know in four months versus buying something today um so so see so, yeah and, and 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 you know i I didn't make the best money right out of college and and so i I remember I saved up and researched the best old budget entry bow or whatever and that was my first real big purchase and then had to wait a whole year after that to buy a better climber that I had seen at the deer and Turkey show and um Literally said, I'm going to buy that stand at the show price, but I got to wait a whole year um, and, and did that. And, and so, yeah, I've kind of always been that way, to be honest. So I guess um, from
0: that perspective, like for guys that are just starting out and, and that are getting caught up in the hype. And like I told you, you know, for our patrons, like we started this Marco Polo group and we're in there, we're talking about, you know, everybody's got all these high end climbing sticks and one of the guys Matt I know he's going to listen to this and and we had kind of a chuckle about this but the 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 consensus at the moment is that the tethered one sticks are the worst sticks ever and the eastern woods outdoors sticks are terrible or are, they, no they're the they're the only ones to buy right well mm-hmm. i've looked at those previously And like to buy, to build the stick that I would want is like $140 a stick. And he's like, well, if you don't get them anodized and you don't get like this, he's like $70 a piece. That seems like a deal. And I'm like, hold on, dude. Think about what you just said. You said one stick is a good deal at $70 a piece. Like, what are we talking about here? Like how far have we come? Like, so, Mm -hmm. so I mean, like, where is like knowing that guys can get caught up in all of that? like. Where do you think people should uh, apply their money, like starting out, like, and what should what's a realistic budget to start out
1: bow hunting? Sure, like, and and, and, and let me ask this because there's a little bit of uh, what I would tell a guy who's maybe 26 and has maybe got a, a, a has found a better job and has a little more disposable income is definitely different than the dude who's 21, right? You know, just graduated college and maybe doesn't have the most disposable income because um, I would I would maybe, you know, look at t- a slightly different, you know, that's two different little bit different categories there. Well, I think
0: what I, I mean, here's what I'm seeing is I, I'm seeing um, for from the guys that I deal with, like from our Patreon and the guys that I'm talking to, like daily online. Is um, they seem to be like mid thirties or even even late thirties or older, um, either deciding to go from private to public, or um, you know they got they're married and got a couple kids and they're trying to balance this budget and they're trying to figure out like you know where should I spend my money like uh, appropriately, you know, and okay. so some, some of the okay. first questions yeah. that I always ask them is like, what experience do you have and what do you already own? But, you know,
1: yeah, that's, that's super valid, you know, um, experience. And, and yeah, like the scenario is key here too, before we dive into what, what gear, how I would recommend them spending money. Um, can we assume that we're going to, let's throw in some public land. I assume yep. that's where you want to go with this and yep. let's just assume, uh, mobile hunting is kind of a key factor in all this and they, can we assume those two things and steer this where we go now? Yep. And it's going to be like archery. I mean, this is
0: the bow and crowns podcast. So those are the, we'll say those three things. Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, I would say if I look at my purchases in the past, I have blown, I feel like money on new bows. And I think that was very stupid early, like early on, I can remember I bought one new bow um, and, and what you pay for that new bow compared to what if you waited a year about last year's model is pretty substantial. Um, And obviously with the the, boom of archery talk and all the Facebook forum groups and stuff, buying a used bow is actually pretty easy these days. Um, So, so that is a route I would, I would go and just look for those, those tried and true kind of bows. Like, like the Matthew Z seven kind of comes to mind as a classic. Yes. It's a solo camp, but dude, that, that Bows killed probably more whitetails, you know, in the U.S. than, than maybe any other model. Or, uh, you know, you can look at um, some of the old elites or the bow techs. Like most of the manufacturers make good bows, but a two-year-old model tends to, to do to, to do really well as far as a, a you know, priced and performance level. Um, I've, I'm shooting a five-year-old bow right now from a manufacturer that's not even around anymore. <laughs> um, I think I've killed four out of my last five deer with it um, you know, new breed archery's not even around anymore. But uh uh the Matthews, I will say this, their resale value seems to be significantly better than any other manufacturer. As far as you buy a two year old Matthews and want to flip it a year later, it seems to not drop as fast as the others. So you may pay more, but you can also sell it. Um, but that's up to the the individual guy, probably what feels a little better. But there's there's plenty of ways to to get a used bow. I would definitely steer that route. But like you know, if a guy's dipping his toe in and maybe he's killed some deer and he's going to try and tackle some mobile hunting public land, like I find it very hard to go, um, tree stand wise, definitely the, the XOP vanish. And when they redid it, Oh, what was that? Two years ago and knocked two pounds off to, to, to make it more around that 10 pound mark with a couple of the better features. Like that's a, that's a no brainer. And I, I, I know some guys like that M7 and I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, unless you're ultra light, like I just don't see an argument there. And, um, but there's a plenty of good now sticks, you know, that you can scoop off, uh, the the Hawk sticks on camo fire show up every now and then, you know, for a hundred dollars for a three or four pack, You, you know, that's tough to go wrong there. I've ran the Hawk sticks before, um, the XOP sticks another budget friendly option. Um, and now there's even more companies kind of putting stuff out, you know, um, targeting a little bit you know the, the the mobile hunting boom is here uh i don't know how long this wave's gonna last but but it's here um so you know those are like the two to three gear items as far as um if you want to talk clothing if you want to talk boots um well let's just also, let's just
0: stop right here like yeah because i want to I'm, I'm looking at your notes and I'm, I'm thinking about like the things that i was going to interject and, and and those things so like for me when you talk about like The bow. So I think Mm -hmm. it it all depends on like where you're starting out. So, um, I've bought two brand new bows in my lifetime. And, uh, the first one I bought, I didn't take care of the string broke. One of the cables snapped and exploded on me. And that was right before my first trip to Ohio or my second trip to Ohio. And, uh, I ended up killing the largest deer of my life with a $279 bear ready-to-hunt special right out of Cabela's showroom. Um nice. And the reason was because I, despite the fact that I like to spend, I like to try out gear, I'm cheap. So I'm always looking for a deal. I'm looking for a bargain. I'm looking for all that. Well, that same year, my father-in-law got the Matthews Helium. And so, I compared the specs with speed, uh, brace height, axle to axle, all the things that I think matter from a bow. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And those two things lined up almost identically. Um, His bow was $1,200. That was the first year that it came out. And this Mm -hmm. bow, with a quiver, with a sight, with a whisker biscuit, was $275. Um, And I think I actually got my buddy to buy it with this Cabela's card. So he got the points and I think I got yeah, it for 200. Yeah, but it knocked $50
1: off yep. that day or Yeah, so I think sure. I got it for
0: 250 bucks. So, and I killed, I mean, still probably the biggest deer I'll ever kill in my whole life um, with that bow and, you know, coming from what I was shooting and, you know the the these newer bows. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. If you look at the hunting public, they're using those same off-the-shelf, ready-to-hunt bear packages for the most part, um, and they're beating the crap out of them, and they're killing whatever they want to. Now, if you're going to be, you know, doing the stuff that John does and building your own strings and tuning them to the millimeter, then you know you're maybe putting a higher priority on some of the things where a guy that's coming straight out um, isn't. But one of the things on your list um, that says, and I guess on that tried and true thing, I'm a big fan of the Bowtech Carbon Icon, their carbon platform. I'm shooting the Carbon Deploy. I'll be shooting the new uh, Carbon Zion. We're giving one of those away. Incredible budget bow. Budget bow at $650. So. Just yeah, to, doesn't
1: bow hunting thing shoot that bow or yeah he
0: he bought one and rattle can the shit out of it um and it's his like favorite bow right now so yeah
1: yeah, yeah that dude's a, a savage you know if yeah. he, if he he says this works <laughs> i i'm definitely gonna take a second look
0: right and so it, but in your notes when you're talking about like tree stands and climbers and stuff you said you wish you never bought a hundred dollar climber now i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna do a podcast i got one coming up here pretty soon um I've, I've talked with him a little bit, we're going to figure it out, but I want to know like, you know, that not buying a hundred dollar climber, like, do you think, I want to hear that story, but I want to know, is the climber dead? Um, Ooh,
1: dude, I don't know where it is. I don't think (laughs) I sold it, but, uh, I, I've left her, I actually left her in a piece of public one time for two weeks because I didn't want (laughs) to, I. I, I hunted a tree and, and hated the setup and it was loud and I, I left it for two weeks and came back and grabbed it. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I'm not, I, it might be on my buddy's, uh, piece of ground in, in Southern Ohio that I used to hunt. It might be wrapped around a tree. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure.
0: <laughs> but so for you, the climber was not, um,
1: was not the way to go. So the hundred dollar climber, like back then, right. I was in college and I had killed like one or two deer. Um, I think, I think one, let's say, let's call it two deer. I think I killed one with a gun and one with a crossbow and I was starting to hunt public land. And I had a compound that my mom bought me for my birthday, ready to hunt package, $300. Um, and, uh, I'd saved up some money and I I used to cut grass, shovel snow, you name it. I did it for, for, for beer and gas money back in the day. And so I I walked into field and stream about a 32 pound climber (laughs) and I would have been far better off to take that hundred dollars and scout four times that winter, you know, roughly $20 a mission, um, and gas that day or whatever, and just hunt on the ground, um, for a season and, 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 You know, at that point in my life. Now, when I did buy uh, rewind first year out of college, I bought a um, it was a tree walker, which is a Wisconsin company. I'm not even sure if they're still in business. They made a uh, it was sub 20. I think it was 18 pounds. They also had a 16 pound model, but I bought the 18 pound model and it wasn't. Don't get me wrong. The weight savings was awesome. But that climber set up on the tree way better. You know, it had like yellow tips on the cables. And then uh, he squared the cables so they couldn't get turned when you were trying to find your pin system. Um, there was a dot on the cable. So like when you saw the yellow dot, you knew your pin would slide right through the, the hole right below it. Um, it's stacked, actually. It's stacked almost like solo cups and there was no straps needed to to transport. So like some of these better features made hunting with that stand significantly better. And dude, it was awesome. It, it was way better than, than that hundred dollar climber. And so, you know, that's why that bullet point is in my notes is I, I should have either went scouting with that money or just saved it in general and bought the the kind of better climber at the time.
0: Well, so one of the things, and I'm glad that you said that, cause it just reminded me. So one of the things I've often said, and I, I don't know that I've said it on the podcast, but I know that I talk to guys about it is um because everybody wants to shave weight, shave weight, shave weight. And you're a big proponent, and it's it, it changed my mind a little bit. And I think you were talking maybe about the Lone Wolf Custom Gear Doubles at the time um, when you were mentioning it on a post or something like that. But you said that you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of weight for convenience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that can be, like, understated because there's so many things that, you know, might weigh less. I mean, like the use of like, I mean, I, I guess in in the the best sense of the word is I get a lot of questions about aiders, And so like, if you want to talk about just sheer weight, you know, maybe if you're a tall guy, I know you're a tall guy, you know, you could probably use a seven step aider or something like that because you can reach higher than the average guy. But sure. the convenience of that just doesn't, like doesn't jive for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, and so let's talk about like that a little bit when people are like, like a new guy. So, so for a new Mm -hmm. guy, that's, you know, we're on the same thing, you know, you know, public land, you know, we're trying to fit into a budget. We're, we're bow hunting and we're going mobile and everybody wants to talk about weight, 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 weight. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that side of it, the convenience side of it.
1: Yeah, the 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 hunting function, if you will, because until you you know, I I think the the this guy who's getting into to, to hunting and what he might be looking through all these Facebook groups and you know, it, it, a lot of these guys are, are are simply weekend warriors that maybe hang you know two stands a, a, every Saturday and Sunday and, and and you know they may go on a small rut trip, but like, you got, I I really put value in guys that that honestly hunt a lot or have a lot of hunting experience, um, you know, have maybe been doing it for a season or two um, at a higher level because, you know, those are the guys that, oh, um, uh, Dave had some muddy sticks that, that kind of popped a time or two. And uh, we went to do a hunt. This is five, six years ago. And I said, we're not taking those sticks. You know, they, they pop, you know, not every hunt, but they make a pop noise every now and then. And, you know, that could cost us. It's a morning hunt. We're going into a bedding area, you know, so we took the XOPs, which, which, you know, we ended up, they they were longer and they were, you know, they're, they weren't the lightest things in the world. And um, I, I really think hunting, the ability to, to mobile hunt and, and, and like hunting function is a key factor that should be, um, you know, if you have a score sheet should be up there as far as a priority, because, You got to do it and you got to repeatedly do it. You got to do it under stress. You got to do it in the dark. Um, You got to do it with an elevated heart rate. Like what happens if you're going in on a hunt and see a good one? You know, (laughs) Uh, dude, dude, I've, I've had to set, you know, I've been setting tree stands and I've seen a buck in it with a headlamp before, you know, like, tell me that's not the most nerve wracking thing. Um, So, 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 you know, having something I can do blindfolded, is is you know essentially key. I I joke. I I still need to be able to see what I'm doing, but, um, you know I I can I can do that. Uh, I'm still a stand guy. I I I'm not a saddle guy currently, um, and I put on some miles and I go for some deep hunts. But I was I was still even taking the 1.0 over the DS5 because I kind of like that bigger platform. Being a guy who's six one and, um, you know some of that.
0: So, uh, one of the things I wrote down here, just as we were talking, so that 32-pound climber, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, for a guy that's just starting out, and I think that, you know, where, you know, we've kind of said that, you know, we can sacrifice a little bit of weight for a little bit of function, okay? Mm-hmm. Would you take uh, a 32-pound hanging hunt setup? or a 32 pound saddle setup um or would you would you say um i would just not buy that and i'll hunt off the ground or or something like that i mean
1: how how do you feel uh from that perspective that's my only options as far as uh <laughs> that's what your budget is right well well i mean <laughs> you're, you're yeah, this is this is 10 years ago um <laughs> The only lightweight climbing sticks were, were Lone wolf at the time and and an alpha one um and I just didn't have that kind of cash and i was and it wasn't popular either you know it wasn't wasn't talked about as such a significant advantage uh, you know like it is today but yeah if if you told me I had to have a thirty two pound setup
0: just I for the standing should... sticks or just for your saddle platform and your in your sticks Those yeah, yeah, yeah heavy sticks. I,
1: I, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still think I do it. Um, whatever I, whatever tickles my fancy between the, the, the saddle or the stand sticks. And, you know, I would, I would consider maybe if I'm on a tired evening, do I, do I still hunt that evening? Um, but let's say I'm scouting and I find something that, that an elevated position is, is the key. Well, better suck that shit up and, and and back in, (laughs) um, because it's about killing deer, you know? Um, So, so yeah, like that's, yeah. I mean, I would still tell the guy to buy it if he could only afford it. The the great thing is today, I mean, you know, for, for $250, you can, you can be in this game for, for, you know, pretty much 20-ish pounds. Um, But yeah, that's, that's kind of my two senses. I would do it. Um, I think an elevated position is needed sometimes. But if, if he hunted Saturday and he was just gassed from lugging that 32 pounds up a mountain and he wanted to hunt Sunday, well, Hunt on the ground, you know. Go for a still hunt day. Um, you know, maybe he finds uh, something that that still hunting day that says, "Oh, I'm going to come back here Wednesday after that rainstorm and and set up." You know, here it looks like there's a lot of activity going on, and then that day he chooses to bring in 32 pound setup again.
0: So uh, another thing, uh, just from that standpoint, is uh, I I wanted to ask you because it's a question that I. That I ask guys, uh, but I get asked a lot, you know, because when people are saying, you like, know, it, it always goes back to like the aider question, right? So like, what kind of aider can you run with these, or what kind of aider do you use, or what kind of, you know, I want to buy this and I want to buy these aiders, you know? Uh, I want to talk to you specifically um, about hunting height, just simply because of you know the buck that you killed this year, the company you keep, where Cody DeQuisto is the two stick guy or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I want to like kind of reiterate to guys that are trying to figure out, you know, in this, you know, hundred dollar plus stick game, right. They're Mm -hmm. like, well, I need four and then I need eighters and then I need this. And I'm like, you got to understand there's guys out there that are killing, you know, deer that you would shoot, they're passing deer that you would shoot every day, you know, eight feet off the ground, whatever. So I want to talk a little bit about hunting height just because, you know,
1: you're a a great candidate to have that discussion. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, generally I walk around the timber and farm country with either two, two long sticks or uh, three doubles. Um, And then if I go to the big woods, uh, you know, that's a, a little bit more of like, oh, bigger hills and like if a deer takes a trail, like. T- literally 10 yards above you he could be eye level at 20 some feet um so so i i tend to take more sticks there just because that that needs to happen but uh i yeah over the past couple of years obviously re- spending time with cody I, I now have the confidence and have killed oh let's see here what what is it 2020 um 2018 i killed a buck two sticks and two steps high uh so right around 10 12 foot mark and then last year though, I was hunting big woods and I was four full long sticks with like two eighters. Um, you know, I was probably 20 plus foot, you know, somewhere 20, 25 foot, you know, cause that's, that's what the set called for. And then this year I literally don't even know if I needed a stick. I actually jumped off the stand after I shot a buck, but I was like three foot off the, off the ground.
0: <laughs> and so how do you do that? I mean, like, so these guys that are so hung up on, like, I mean, like we said, you know, prior to talking like I have the benefit, I guess, of, uh, talking to John Eberhardt all the time. And so he wants to be 25 to 30 feet up all the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and guys that subscribe to that, you know, or the guys that have, um, made that part of their, their hunting community, or that's what they've based themselves on, you know, they, that's what they hear. That's what they need to be is super high. So how are you killing bucks at, three feet
1: or you know how's Zach killing kind of yeah, blocks off like, the ground
0: or you know whatever
1: <laughs> yeah I've, I've come close off the ground i uh but i've not pulled it fully off i hit one in indiana two years ago I never found or maybe three years ago never found but the the hunting low um i think i think it plays into to a few things one setup's got to be there as far as you got to have either back cover a lot of front around you type cover yeah, maybe the habitat works for your advantage. As far as I've I've hunted in a thicket, and so these deer are coming through honeysuckle or autumn olive type bushes, and so their head is always kind of low, and it's almost like when they're out there at fifteen twenty yards they can hardly see me, but once they get to about five, they're gonna stare at me, you know, scarecrowed in this this setup. But uh I don't move a lot. I'm I'm very good at at spotting deer. Oh, at at, at a little bit of a distance before they close to that final killable opportunity i uh i now have the confidence now that i've killed a few too to to set that stand low and, and kind of play the game i tend to when i hunt low uh i don't try and cover everything i try to cover maybe two two let's call it two trails or 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 two kill scenarios um this year in particular i had a uh, was I in a beech tree? No, the tree I uh, I was in was, I think, some sort of oak or maple, blah, blah, blah. But like, like within two feet of that tree, there was three beech trees or yeah, three beech trees and beech trees hold their leaves late. They got a lot of leaves in general. And so like I had like a mini tree for situation. So that just that called for it. Um, I, I, I think hunting low obviously I'm here in the Midwest. I do think, you know, maybe in Michigan or, um, down in the South where, where these deer maybe get hunted more, you know, you guys have more hunter density, especially the Southern end, they might be looking in trees a lot more. And so if, if you were hunting low, you better have the best cover on the block. But, um, you know, those deer might tend to look up a a touch more. And so I could see where uh, it may not be as an effective method, or if you're hunting a lot of elevation change, like I said, I hunt the big woods and Mo, I would say most of those setups don't call for it this year. It did, but let's talk in general terms. It 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 doesn't work as well. Uh, You know, those woods tend to be a little more open.
0: Yeah, I mean it's hit or miss. I mean, like so, our property in the UP. um, I hunted one year out of a climber, and I was, if you were to look to my immediate left, uh, my shot was uh maybe like a 70 foot shot <laughs> yeah um, and if you were to look to my immediate right it was about a 7 foot shot and, and yeah. so that's where i learned that when you're hunting in that those ridges are like that it wasn't hill country it was just a piece of our property that i'd never been on and i was like oh this is the tree i need to be in i climbed up and the deer and i were literally eye to eye and i felt like the bucks that were running by i could have grabbed their antlers um but then you know, fast forward a few years, I was in uh three full length XOP sticks, and i I killed a buck that you know is still one of my favorite stories ever. Um, at fourteen yards, and I was at the top of that second stick, so I wasn't ten feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was because I was in a cedar tree, and it was just the tree that I needed to be in. Um. And I couldn't, I I put the third stick up there and I couldn't get any higher. Um, But I think like, again, like as we talk about social media and like we talk about like these sticks come in three packs or four packs and should I buy four and should I buy three and, um, you know, all, all of these things. It's like, you know, you need to be where you need to be and it doesn't matter if you need to be on the ground. I mean, that may be where you need to be. You may bring all your stuff in and you need to be sitting there on the ground. Or, you know, when I was in Missouri, same thing. I was 30 plus feet up in the tree for that same reason as I was like 80 feet to my left, but I was eight feet to my right. And so I was trying to, you know, split the difference as far as like where I needed to be. Um, yeah. And so from that, um, Budget-minded setup, you know. We've kind of talked about like bows. We've talked about like um, stand and sticks or platform saddle. You know, however you want to do it. What about like, you know? I mean, obviously, you have to see the value in that. You know, five or six hundred dollars Sitka fanatic jacket and you know all the research that went into it in their pants, right? So you've got that twelve hundred dollars
1: suit, correct? So. Uh, Look, I will say this, I don't own any Sitka, but, but I think what Sitka is doing is awesome in the sense that if, if they put in a lot of like needs for a whitetail hunter into their gear, I can, I, I, I appreciate the shit out of it. Um, I think maybe if the pattern was a little, I don't know, different, I would maybe even own some, um, you know, I, I, uh. I own a KU backpack. That's, that's, you know, that's kind of my high end. I've, I've owned some KU. Do I own any KU? That sounds,
0: so looking at your notes that you sent me, that seems like a sticking point. That seems like a thorn
1: in your side. Yeah. 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 Now I, so, so (laughs) I, well, and I am a real big ASAP predator type TMO guy or like some of the open pattern stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I like I, I I like that kind of style slash science of of what a a predator a prey species sees and trying to just break up the human outline over um, look like a fake stick like the real trees and mossy oaks. I'm I'm not a huge fan of of those patterns for whatever reason. Um, you know, I I kind of gravitate to more of I'll call it the predator style, the open pattern design. Um, but yeah, I don't own any Sika, but I think it's super cool. Um, You know, but for a guy just getting into it, I mean, he might just do fine with a a earth tone, like Carhartt insulated hoodie, you know, because it's quiet. Um, He might already own that. Um, And then I'm a real big, I don't, I I don't spend a lot of money on base layers, which everyone claims is like the be all end all. Because part of my gear kick, if you will, is dude, most whitetail hunts, I'm 45 minutes from my vehicle at max um, you know, maybe an hour ish. I don't hunt like Appalachia, Virginia mountains, like, uh, Nathan Killen. Like I could see if you were doing some back country style hunts where base layers and clothing gears is definitely a lot more important because if you get wet and can't get dry, it's a, a potentially life or death situation. I'm not foolish enough to think that. Um, but, but for a white tail guy, I'm, I'm most, i 45 minutes from the truck. And so, so yeah, like I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm okay with guys going to the 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 GI surplus place buying you know a pair of BDU pants, and that's his light whitetail pant. Um, and even if he's already got like you know some some Carhartt like or or Earth Tony type vests or or whatever, use those to 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 kind of go bow hunting, yeah. if you will. I don't think camo is is make or break. Um, you know, from a standpoint of that. Um, I like fleeces too. Cause I like uh, a quiet impact. I don't sit in the rain all that much. I'll, I'll wear a poncho in if it's raining and then going to stop. I'll, I'll wear a disposable military, I'll uh, buy them at Walmart, two ninety nine poncho, get to the base of my tree or be sitting there in the woods, kind of in tent mode. And then the rain stops. And I know I got to get in the tree cause they're about to move, but I'll dispose of that poncho at that point.
0: Man. I wish I thought about that. Like, like, I, and it, you know, granted like we do a podcast but i wish like i i listen to a lot of podcasts and i i'm always trying to improve you know and i listen to guys and i i wish i would have known more about that movement because i can think of one hunt where i was set up on this like community scrape like right outside of this bedding area like i knew where bucks were bedded um and i was in the tree and then it started raining and it rained like for like 3 hours And I sat there just getting a rain down. And then finally, as my boots started to fill up from the rain running down me and into my boots. And, uh, when my boots like reached like the tipping point, like where they were about to overflow, I was like, I'm getting down. It's done. And it was that exact 30, 45 minute walk out. And as soon as I got out, um, it stopped raining. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I needed to be in there. Like I should have just stuck it out and like, you know, f- that's a whole nother podcast, but like the movement oh, but, right after the rain, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's nothing colder than my opinion. Like, like than like 35 to 50 and rainy. like, you know, generally in the fall you have cooler temps and it, but if it's not, you know, if it's not, if it's not, if it's above freezing that, that whole 40 degrees and raining is the most miserable of all time. Like, like I would take 20 degrees in dry or 10 degrees in snow over 40 in rain.
0: But it was like one of those days where it was supposed to rain for 30 minutes. And I was like, I can stick it out for 30 (laughs) minutes, you know, (laughs) and it just kept raining, kept raining. And finally, when I just threw my hands up, like as soon as I got to the truck and of course, everywhere that I hunt has no service for anything at all, um, that that's what the story was. And it was like, it was like, that's one of those days where I like, I'm like, Man, these guys that are like legit hardcore, like I'm like, I'm like, I'm sticking it out. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. And it was like three hours was too much. And it was, it was like, as soon as I got back, like the whitetail God said, you don't have enough. Like, it's not, this isn't your game, you know, so it's just, it's just one of those things. Now I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm looking on your thing and you're in your, uh, the notes here and you're talking about like you know, base layers and stuff like that. Like one of the things that I do, not that necessarily that I do, but my mother-in-law is like a big, um, secondhand store person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I told her, I said, you go look and you, I've killed my two biggest bucks in Michigan wearing a $3, like legit, like, um, mock turtleneck sweater but it's merino wool and it costs like a dollar 99 um and it's like one of my well it was my wife uh shrunk it in the washing machine and so it's now it's my daughter's favorite hunting sweater but it was my favorite hunting sweater by far and it costs like a dollar it was merino wool i mean it says like made in italy like merino wool the whole thing and I killed my two biggest bucks in Michigan, like all sweated up, like gross, like playing in the wind in a one-dollar Goodwill sweater. So uh, I know on here it says that you're not a big like base layer guy. You'd rather have like higher end like outerwear. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Like if you said, hey, you've got one hundred and fifty dollars to to devote to some, you know, if you our our guy here, our our, our dude is getting into bow hunting. Maybe he has like some 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 darker hoodies that he could rock for like more of a early October type of uh jacket system. You know, if he said, Oh, I've only got $150, I would I'd probably steer him towards, okay, maybe uh dude, I I shot I've shot bucks in Costco synthetic base layers that like you said, they're four they're four dollars, six dollars. Um and then you know i the, the, there's a predator micro fleece style jacket with wind blocker for like 120 i think on their website right now like that's that's 100% where i'd send them or you know um i'm sure there's a couple other companies with with, with similar type garments
0: well i'll tell you like so i mean honestly like right now i'm wearing like uh it's like 100% polyester uh sitka Strata pattern or not sitka, I'm sorry. Uh Cabella's strata pattern um hoodie. It zips up. It it's like it it's it was nineteen ninety nine. Um I've killed the last two bucks that I've killed this year and last year. I was wearing this as my outer layer. Um mm-hmm. and I tend to I so I really like
1: Badland stuff. Like
0: Yeah. yeah I they're
1: attacking the Whitetail community, so that's kinda cool to see.
0: But I love their stuff because until John was videoing me when we were in Idaho, like stalking in on this whitetail, um, you know, the pattern looks ridiculous. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie, it looks
1: silly. Uh um, I I think dude, you you put somebody out there kind of skyline especially with that browner white kind of mm-hmm. look that they have I, i'm not 100 percent fx yeah they have both they have, they have the green one and the and the brown one but yeah like i could see where where that that could really break up uh, especially once you get a little skylined a little bit but they have uh the warranty is like
0: what Dude. i think like that to me like i think the value there And, and like, Mm -hmm. I'd love to work with Badlands. I don't work with them, but I own all their stuff
1: because. Yeah. Somebody out there put us a call in We're free agents.
0: (laughs) But, but I love their stuff because of the, because of the warranty. And like, Mm -hmm. I, I've, I own so much stuff and I've not had any issues with any of it. Like I, I bought their pursuit pack. It was small. I didn't like it because it didn't have a waist belt. And I got rid of it, but it didn't have anything to do with the quality or, or whatever. And I'm telling you what, they they updated their ion pants. I need to get the new ones, but I beat the shit out of their regular ion pants. I have I mean, I've done two trips out west. I've done, like, turkey hunting, freaking whitetail hunting, everything that I could freaking throw at them. And I have one loose thread. And, yeah. I mean, it's – I think that the, the value there – and they do – I mean – like what, to your point, like what you were saying, like on, uh, Black Friday. And I, I so if I remember correctly, you're an accountant, I think it goes mm-hmm. like quarterly. So I don't know if it's like third quarter or fourth quarter, but they do this big 50% off sale. Like they put, throw a code out there that's 50% off. So, I mean, you yeah. can buy their stuff for nothing.
1: Um Yeah. Compared then the lifetime warranty. I will say this. I think we should back up. We just mentioned ah, oh cheaper options and kind of what I'll call non-hunting mm-hmm. garments to wear. The um the one thing that kind of scares me that I think's worth mentioning is is UV uh, treatment of what I'll call like these uh these these solid colors because you know, it's kind of been proven that animals to, to whatever spectrum from fish to deer see in that UV spectrum a little better, especially than humans. And a lot of these companies put UV dyes in their clothes. And so, oh, there's 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 some, you know, I, w- I would think after several washes that starts to break down. But I know there is also oh, there, there, there's uh, some sort of sport type washes that also kill that stuff. Um, and that's definitely like, you know, you see guys that trick their bows out from like Joanne fabric craft stores with all these fake leaves (laughs) and stuff. I don't think that's the best idea because a lot of those have UV paints all over them. Um, but, but I will, you know, I will mention that, uh, as something that when I, if I, if I wear a pair of like Carhartt pants, I tend to, to treat them with that UV killer stuff just in case there is, um. Any sort of dyes and them that that maybe I don't see, but but even squirrels maybe would pick up on and be chirping a little more because they, they see it you know in that UV spectrum better than we do.
0: So I got a question for you. I mean, I've yeah. got more stuff here on the the gear side of it and look like whatever, but just because you brought that up, I got two questions for you. Or I, sure. I, so on my left here, um, if anybody's seen like the vitals live or anything like the my setup in the basement. Like, I've got my 150-inch Ohio buck over here. I killed out of a climber, and I was, you know, sprayed down with everything under the sun, you know. we all been there. <laughs> it was, but both these deer that I'm referencing, like, I use scents. Like, uh, if I'm in the rut, like, and I'm in a spot where I know that deer are going to be wind checking, like, I'm generally using scents because i've i've had success and that's just i mean i've I've killed them outside of that but i know that it's it's worked for me so it's just something that i'm gonna do so this monster over here that i sh- basically thought i shot in the face um <laughs> he came into scent but i was sprayed down and i was like in scent lock like head to toe and then this 105 inch Michigan whitetail, the biggest whitetail I've killed in Mi- in Michigan, on my right, I was, like, literally sweating, like, pouring sweat out, like, wearing, you know, whatever. I had a grease-stained uh, hat on. Like, it's, like, the most disgusting hat that I own, but now it's, like, my lucky hat because I've killed multiple deer in it. Had some scent out. I was playing the wind on both of them, but like when you talk about that UV thing, are you a proponent of like the sprays, the UV killers or the scent killers of, of, of that side of, uh, you know, the whitetail hunting marketing game or is it? No, I
1: mean, I wash my clothes like maybe three times a season in sport wash, which says it like has UV killer, but like, Dude, I've done the baking soda thing. My my big thing is is I'm not gonna the, the, I'm not gonna make a, a a mobile turkey blind or put Joanne fabric and fake leaves on my bow or something like that. Um, I don't, you know. It, it, I just if a guy's gonna buy something that's aftermarket, I don't think that's a terrible idea. But nobody fully knows, you know, what the white tail truly sees. But I think there's enough semi science out there to to consider maybe washing if you buy something that's non-hunting wash it or treat it with some some sort of uv killer because i think those companies do you know tend to use threads and stuff with uv brighteners in them to kind of make them appear brighter more appealing and last longer
0: okay i I wasn't like saying like you're wrong look at look at
1: my wall no no i got no idea that's, that's that's my two cents on it but dude yeah like i don't Dude, I wash my clothes like three times a, a season and, and that's,
0: that's minimal. But I think, I think like that, that like stands to the point is like, I know, I, I don't know exactly where you're hunting or any of that type of thing, but I know the terrain that you're hunting and I know how far you're going. Cause I mean, even the layman could watch your videos and know that like, that's not a pleasant pack
1: out right no no yeah so um i think my stuff's enough transparent that that people see the it sucks factor because i'm dating on that because i watched a lot of hunting tv in the the 2000s that doesn't show the it sucks you know my hunt is very different from from lee lakowski's that's for sure right but if you're
0: if you're going in that far you're not going in there without sweating or without you know with without some sort of uh uh obstacles or, or, or whatever, you know? Exactly. I mean, you might go the last, uh, and for all the listeners and for everybody that's followed along and, and, and seen like what I have done and how I've progressed as a hunter, like, I know I, I posted this and, and Byron was like, oh, you know, that's, I appreciate that or, or like whatever, but I just want to say it like on here, like, that I killed my deer this year because of our guest right here. Um, Byron, he I don't know if it was a podcast or one of his videos or one of the deer that he's killed in the breakdown, um, but he talked about like following the sign back far enough until it got thick enough that he didn't think that he could set up in or, or whatever. I don't remember the exact scenario, but he just kept going further and further and further until he knew that this is where he needed to be. And, uh, the deer that I killed this year, um, that's exactly what it was. Like there's, there was sign for Jesus, 500 yards. And if you were 500 yards back from where I killed this deer, um, there was way more sign then where I killed this deer, but where I killed this deer is where it started to get thick and the sign kind of petered off. And I know we had jumped bucks out of there before. So I felt like this is, this is the, the crux. Like this is, this is the, this is the ambush point. Yep. And I mean, it, that's exactly what happened. And it was, I would have never, I mean, I, killed a smaller buck there last year or whatever. But like, I didn't put everything together until, like I said, like listening to these podcasts and doing these things. And, and, uh, that was a big part of it. And that is what I took away from like the things that you had said, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what happened. I mean, he was coming back to bed late and I killed him. I mean, yeah. and it, he stood there for a long time. Like, I just got lucky and saw him just standing there looking around, making sure that it was safe. And apparently he thought it was safe enough, but it wasn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what I, I mean, I love that kind of kind of talk. I love that kind of breakdown and, and yeah, the, it's, it's uh yeah, it's, it's very easy to talk yourself into oh, this looks good enough. I'm going to hunt here tonight or here this morning when, when, you know, my my favorite saying is "Do what's hard and do what's right," and sometimes that that is continuing to push on and 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 not settle. Uh, so so yeah, that's awesome, man. I I didn't know that. Uh, very humbled to hear that, and uh, <laughs> that's a that's a cool story for sure. And and we we may discuss after this podcast a little more on that. So <laughs> so that's cool.
0: But I mean, that was really it. I mean, it it was like I knew like exactly where I needed to be because i knew where we had been in there earlier and i saw where everything stopped and i said okay well here's a main trail here's the here's where i need to be and and that's it so like from that perspective from the scouting perspective from the you know we we talked about this prior to the podcast we talked about like all right so all these forums have uh facebook right So Mm -hmm. not, not the forums per per se, because if you're on the forum, you're like, I I feel like you're next level because it It used to be, well, no, but I mean, like, I feel like the forums, like if you are not on the Facebook forum, if you're on the hunting beast or if you're, I mean, if Whitetail Experience started a forum, um, you would have to seek that out and find it. And you wouldn't necessarily be looking for the gear talk. You would want the nuts and the bolts of it. Mm-hmm. So um, from from that perspective, like we've kind of all fallen into this this gear, you know, it's got to be stand, it's got to be sticks, it's got to be saddle, it's got to be platform, it's got to be the lightest, it's got to be like what rope, it's got to be like should we mod this, should we do that, um, but from that tactic side of it, like where do you think like your money should be spent. So if you had in, in this, I think is a realistic number for this, this guy, right? This, this public land guy, this mobile hunting guy, this, this married guy, couple of kids, like yeah. whatever. So if you had $2,400 a year, $200 a month, and you were going to budget your, your whole time, your whole, um, uh, you know, your dollars, everything from January to December to budget it.
1: Oh, this I, is cool. I, I mean, Do you hear me getting a paper?
0: <laughs> I think how, and I think when would you spend your money? Because you got to spend, you got to buy tags. You have to take into consideration. Oh,
1: tags are important too. Well, if, if gotta, he's not experienced, he may not fill the first ones. Though. But you
0: got to think about, um, you know, we're, we're looking at when hunting season is. We have to mm. look at. When Black Friday is, we have to look at Christmas. We have to yep. look at, you know, we have to look at twelve m- months, two hundred dollars a month. Would you spend twenty four hundred dollars in January and say, this no? Because something
1: something may come out.
0: Okay. So how would you how would you go about
1: this? Um. Okay, we're gonna start this whole process in January, and we don't have a bow, correct? Well, we'll say. Will say
0: that you're coming off of um, private land, so you might have some uh, permanent sticks and maybe a $30 hang on stand. Maybe you have a bow um, that has uh, the movable, like, say, four copper pins that you can move up and down. We um, got a
1: junk bow, <laughs> okay?
0: No release, uh, you know. That that's where you're coming from.
1: Okay, okay. Um, and we don't. Do we have access to that private anymore now?
0: Nope. You're you're okay. strictly public.
1: All right. And we got twenty four hundred, or you want to make it two thousand? Nope. I want two hundred dollars a month. Okay. Okay. Um, and we we start. Okay. So we got two hundred dollars a month. It's January, so it's a monthish ago. You're gonna hunt public land. You've never done anything,
0: and you're talking gas. You're talking scouting. Yep. You're talking yep trail cameras. The whole works. Okay, we do not have any trail cams. Uh, you you have two, but they're not cell cell cams. You have okay. two in no, cards. Perfect. You don't have perfect. any batteries.
1: They're they're so gene. Yeah, January. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let's see here. I don't want to burn too much money early. I, I'd rather be sitting here September time frame and have a, a lump sum of cash. So so this is just me speaking out loud. Let's uh let's do four um let's do four scouts. There's four weekends in January. And, you know, I don't care if this guy can only go for the first two hours of daylight and then he's got to get back home to take his daughter to swim lessons. Um, you know, or maybe he can go after work if he can walk two miles or seven. I don't care. Let's 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 go ahead and pencil in here. Um, uh, four scouts. So let's call that twenty dollars a day. That's eighty-ish bucks. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of round numbers. Let's say he buys lunch, which he shouldn't do. Let's let's call that hundred dollars spent. Um, there in January. So hundred dollars gone. February comes around. Um, that's currently the month we're in. Um, we had some snowstorms. What does he buy? um knowing what i know and i don't know too much about saddles um uh, was there any sales that i can think of i'm gonna push pause on that i'm gonna tell him to get the xop vanish and we'll we'll just use that i, I think it's on the website 180 to 150 ish mark maybe he buys it used um because there is a lot of going on on the used sites these days so Let's pencil in oh just for conversation sake 180. We'll, we'll we'll spot that one a little high. Um so we've blown blown just shy of $300 at this point. Um do we do any scouting in February? Let's get
0: let's let, get two more
1: sc- let, let's say that he buys into the
0: hype for the shed hunting. So he's like I need to get out shed hunting. Now whether yep. that's in February or March like that's that's the end of the equation.
1: Because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The top I was gonna, of it. Yeah, I was gonna give him two weekends in the uh, scouts uh, in February. So like fifty percent of them and then March, let's do let's 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 assess. And and so 'cause cause generally like so I live in Ohio, you guys can't scout as much as I can because um you guys are still in the snow. I know that enough from speaking to guys in Wisconsin and <laughs> Michigan. So 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 (laughs) I'm big lights. (laughs) Ohio, Kentucky, probably Southern Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois gets a lot of snow, but Southern Illinois is probably a little uh, less. Um, So, yeah, so, so, so let's throw in two scouts there. So another $40 there in February. Um, March, March is a big time. Hmm. You got shows. You got um... yeah, and he might be able to pick up like a a good deal. Um, you know at shows traditionally, not in a COVID year. Just you know, I think a lot of the expos are canceled. But yeah, a lot of times you can get good deals at shows. Um, we're gonna spend some money in March. I think. Let's let's go with some sort of. Um, whether it be a guy off Facebook marketplace or a show special or whatever, let's pencil in like $150. He's got to find himself some sort of outer garment type bow hunting jacket. That that's versatile, you know, something that's more for November to, to, to January time And I'm, I'm it, thinking it, one of the,
0: go ahead. I gonna say what would be your recommendation for that?
1: Yeah, that's that dude. No brainer for me is that predator micro fleece. You can pick whatever pattern tickles your fancy. Um, it's got wind blocker. You can bow hunt with that thing in layers up to late season. Um, that that's probably my go-to. I get that question a decent amount in the DMs. Hey, I'm looking for a better, you know, do all bow hunting jacket from November to January, and and that's the one I recommend. So let's pencil that 150-ish. Because so I think that's I think that's on the website for like 120, 130. But maybe this guy wants to buy the QU version or whatever. So so let's just pencil in 150. That's a nice round number. Um, March, we're probably going to – let's do a 50% scout. And let's get a rough total for the quarter at this point. I'm doing the accounting math here. That's 200, 300, 450. So I'm just south of $500 through the first quarter. I think. Um, at this point, Adam, it's looking like this guy could upgrade his bow if he wanted to buy that that, that icon or, or, or something of that nature. But that may open a can of worms of, of arrows. Um, I don't think we're going to buy that just at this point. In the summer, let's go ahead and pencil in June, July, and August. I got my notes here. Let's pencil in. He's got to get sticks. We've got to stand at this point. We need some sort of stick. So whether it's uh, uh, a hawk four pack for like whatever it was, like one fifteen ish, or like XOP has talked about their doubles, I gotta believe those are gonna be a great price point. Well, um, here
0: here's the thing. Like I bought it, I bought both of those. Um, I bought the uh, four pack of uh, hawks off Camel mm-hmm. Fire for a hundred bucks, and yeah. I bought the uh black friday special of um xop four pack doubles at 100 bucks a piece so
1: well the xop double oh xop i meant the two-step that's coming out this summer
0: okay the, the yeah those yeah those could be killer hey uh, we nobody knows about those so i mean if you well, you've they, got they inside talk about information about
1: it, yeah they talked about <laughs> we talked about them on the, the recent DeQuisto series podcast uh two like just over two pounds like two point one they might come in and write two pounds um pretty step step design, but yeah, i gotta believe price point wise I'm not allowed to to disclose that at this time but but uh i I've gotta believe those are gonna be in the conversation what what other uh, there's a are there any other sticks between a hundred and hundred and fifty that a guy could pick up a four pack for uh,
0: a four pack no i mean you only have the 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 hawk doubles or um Like, the closest thing right now is the the new uh, Novics that are coming out, the Double Steps that are going to be, like, right about 200 bucks. But, I mean, I'm a giant proponent of the the APIs, and they're like a – it's such a weird thing because they only come out, like, right before the season, and they sell out Mm -hmm. immediately. They come out at $99. They immediately – put them down to 79 bucks for a, a three pack and you have to buy them right then. But mm-hmm. you talk about no moving parts that, that pop you were talking about with the muddies. Like, yep. I mean, they're an amazing stick, but they're, they, from the accountant t- side, they're, of it. they're a little
1: bit tougher to get get a but, hold of. The hawks, the hawks, you you pretty much can sit for once a month on camo fire and pick up.
0: Yeah, but but from the accountant side of it, they say we're only going to make this amount of sticks. We're going to put them out right now. We're going to sell yeah. as many as we can at ninety nine dollars, and then we're going to sell them. And then when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, yeah, and we're going to count on this amount of money every year.
1: Like, and yeah. that's what so, they do. Let's pencil in in the summer. By the end of the summer, he's got to pick up one hundred and fifty dollars in sticks. So he can buy whatever ones he tickles his fancy or his you know his buddy's talking into he's, so he's gonna
0: buy two lone wolf custom gear doubles and he's gonna kill like byron horton that's
1: what he's <laughs> that's <his plan. laughs> but then but then he misses out on half half the bucks <laughs> well uh, but not no no i don't think i would steer somebody newish to that route you know you you don't want to give the, the somebody the keys to a uh, uh the the, you know the the cadillac you don't toss those keys to the 16 year old you let him drive the old chevy malibu that's you know 10 years old mom crv right that's right that's right (laughs) so we're gonna put 150 bucks he can buy whatever sticks he wants we're doing pretty well here um doing some rough math we've got we got some play money it looks like Uh, you gave me a substantial chunk of change that's for sure but he still July needs clothes. March. He needs, you know. We well, 15. we bought one outer layer, right? Um, I, I, I put 150. What in about for those June. first
0: light like, arrow wool, like three quarter length zip off
1: underwear? Dude, those are sweet. And I'm, <laughs> dude, I hate base layers that don't zip off. I don't own a pair, but I want a pair. But dude, I'm I'm sending this guy currently because this guy may retire halfway through the year when he <laughs> realizes bow hunting is hard. So. We're gonna this guy's rocking Costco base layers. Um or or uh Black Ovis, you know, the, the, the Camo Fire special. We'll put it in July. He he's allowed to spend a hundred dollars on base layers, tops and bottoms.
0: That's what I give as gifts, right? Like that camo yeah. fire stuff, that black Ovis stuff is great. Did, I mean it really I is. I got
1: a five year uh shirt out of that thing, like, and it's still kicking. It's probably my favorite. Um so yeah, yeah, we're gonna put in July. We're putting 100 dollars in base layers. Um, let's call it uh um uh, he's gonna need one pair of good wool socks. Um we'll pencil in thirty dollars there. Um August comes around. Oh this guy does this guy have boots? Well, he has
0: boots, but he's got questions because of all of the social media.
1: Oh yeah, okay, okay. I got I know I'm somewhere around the five hundred, six fifty, seven hundred 730. So I I've I've spent less than $800 at this point. I I was trying to get this guy a bow too. Um but I'm I'm waiting. Uh, although you you don't want to wait much later in August if you're going to buy a bow. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Yeah, but if he bow. if if he has the blueprint, he could buy it in January mm-hmm. and understand where his
1: money is being spent. So Yeah, that is true. Um And I was basically, yeah, I, uh,
0: what kills deer? So this guy has a set of, um, we're just going to say, uh, just a regular pair of muck. Oh yeah. Boots. That's what, that's what he's got. That's what he's
1: been hunting out of. Yeah. So he, he needs a pair of boots like I'm something you you and he probably should buy this earlier if he's going to do all this walking around because literally after the uh first two scouting missions he's going to realize his feet probably hurt from stomping them muck boots around um if he's somewhere you know here in the midwest or maybe he's doing some hills um so he probably should buy boots some point in the year um I don't want to go backwards too much and and lose our listeners but um I think I think boot wise, you know, I, I've owned some some eighty hundred dollar boots and they'll last a season or two. I think those, that that, you know, I buy some hikers now that are a touch better, um, especially for the whitetail guy. You know, I think one hundred fifty is pretty, pretty good. That's what I bought my Keens at. Uh, um, you know, what, not what going, Keens do you have? I have the Duran twos. They're just, you know, a, a traditional hiker um i have a pair of solomons that, that i like too but they're a little stiffer and which ones and are those those are the gtxs and those, but those uh, are two hundred dollars and i you know this guy i think can get away with 150 dollars. and Keen makes some other cheaper hiker style boots i think uh danner has some decent options in that 150 range I've, uh dave has a pair of their pronghorns and he's beat the beat the piss out of those. Well, let me interject
0: um, real quick on the keens cuz it says you're a, a keen guy. Like so, when I was going out west, I ended up buying the um uh solomon um uh, Quest GTX 4s and okay. uh, they're $300 boots. Um but okay. right before those, in the in the GTX 3s are $200 boots like you said Yep. Um, okay. but where I looked was on the like through hiker like they were like true like legitimate hiking like guys that are putting you know two to three hundred miles on these boots in one year they're going the whole mm-hmm. entire Appalachian Trail and so Frank my father-in-law, Uncle Frank for the podcast um, bought the Targhee 3's or something they were like 90 bucks and, uh, he wore those all through Colorado. He still wears them today. I mean, they're waterproof, they're Keens, they're amazing boots. He spent less than a hundred dollars on them and they're, Dude, an that's a pro boot. tip right
1: there. Yeah. That's I a mean, pro tip. Like, uh, I'm going to actually, you said it's the, the tongue or say the name of that month. Targie. I'm, yep. I'm putting this down on my paper because. But that was know, like I, the
0: number one value on the like Appalachian trail
1: through hiker boot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if it fits the guy's foot right, that's the key. You know, everyone's got a little different foot and, and somebody's looking for something different. I but but it sounds like he he put those through the test. It sounds like you did your research to, to find others posting similar results. So I uh I think that's the gold stamp. I you know what? I think we're gonna use that recommendation on this this uh this pencil in here. In August we're gonna buy a hundred dollar pair of boots and I think we're gonna get a bow for this guy. You know, if we really wanted to pinch pennies and kill deer, I think I would I, I would really hesitate about buying a bow, but um, I can tell you where I'd point him. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, let's uh, uh, let, I I I think money-wise I'm I'm feeling like 600 dish dollars gives him a, a lot ooh. of money.
0: Ooh, that's I mean, so let me just tell you a little story here yeah. about yeah. A, a man named Adam, All right? So the Carbon Zion The Mm -hmm. bow that we're giving away is $650 for brand new. It's got the new binary Bowtech, the same Carbon Mm -hmm. Icon cams. They changed the riser just a hair. But prior to that, that riser has been used since like 2013 on the Carbon Knight. Now, the Carbon Knight Mm -hmm. had really old, like really radical cams, and... That bow weighs 3.4 pounds, okay? Mm -hmm. That bow is still used – that riser was used on, like, the Carbon Deploy, which is the Diamond, which is the bastard child of Bowtech, right? It's the same riser, same limbs, just a little bit different cam. So you can buy that Deploy or that Deploy SB, which is the upgraded binary cams. That's the B. Mm-hmm. Um, for nothing. So you can buy that deploy SB used at probably four hundred dollars for the bare bow, and yeah, it is everything that the carbon icon is, and it's going to be very similar to the carbon Zion, except for uh the molding of the uh, actual grip, and the cams change every year. Diamond uses the lesser of the cams but even the diamond um, deploy that I have
1: Mm -hmm.
0: does not have the super radical cams. It has the comfort setting on a regular non-adjustable cam. So you can buy that bow for dirt cheap and it's a incredible value. It's a great bow.
1: Yeah. And you, you can get a pretty good, you know, some of the second tier bear packages sometimes for the $500 mark. Um, um, even like the Matthews Halon, I think right now on the used market is around the $500 mark. Um, well, and
0: that, the if you wanted to go, like, we've got some listeners that are going to like the Matthews, no cam. I mean, you can buy those for three or $400, like straight
1: yeah. away. That's, that wasn't one of the most loved bows of Matthews of all time, but, but it doesn't, I, I, ha- I, it,
0: it doesn't have the same like speed, but it has the comfort. And that's like mm-hmm. one of the balances. I mean, it's a little harder to tune, right?
1: yeah yeah so yeah there's plenty of bows out there at that five hundred dollar mark so oh, let's yeah. go ahead and pencil in uh, some sort of either used bow or maybe some of the budget-friendly options five hundred dollar bow. bottom line this dude if this bow's like you know from 2000 and maybe it doesn't fit him a hundred percent um you know i've fallen victim to that actually my very first bow i bought from a bow shop in kansas because somebody knew the owner that i i knew and um it was probably half inch too short on a single cam and i didn't have enough money to do it and I shot that bow short, you know, for a year and killed one, one four, and I think two, three deer with it. But this guy, you know, let's—he's going to get a noticeable upgrade at the five hundred dollar mark. Um, he's probably still going to rock that Whisker Biscuit. That's probably a good choice of 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 not spending money and getting a better rest. But let's get a—he'll probably need arrows if he buys a bow. So, so August is definitely an expensive, or somewhere in the summer, you know, um, is probably an expensive output of cash. Um, $500 bow. How much in arrows do we want to pencil in here? A hundred ish or do you think I'd say a hundred dollars
0: in arrows? And what do you do for, um, broadheads now? And I guess, where do you stand on the, uh, are you going to high FOC? Are you going like
1: ranch ferry for sure? Or you, I mean,
0: Um, I'm not
1: full, full blown, like 700 grain arrow, but, um, you know, you talked about hunting low, Something I do set myself up for is i'm i am thirty inch draw five fifty ish grains uh yeah, i'm I'm shooting a fixed blade uh i've got the basics i've got also i've got some slick tricks that fly really good and then um but i as a budget friendly i i like that q a d i think is a good head Slick tricks are a good head um, they're not as strong as blades Uh Magnus, the black Hornet. That's a, that's a no brainer there. But when you hunt low, like I do, you tend to have a lot of quarter two type opportunities, um, which I'm not afraid of. Um, Jared Scheffler talks about, he loves those quarter two and frontal opportunities on the ground. So being low that, that sh- that shot angle gets the, you know, it happens, but you know, it's not the worst thing if you, if you're prepared, um, so, so that's kind of where I said those are a few, uh, you know, the Q80 Exodus, Electrics, and and Magnus. Those are those are all in that same kind of price point, um, as far as heads are concerned. Um, I'm not the best guy to, to tell people what arrows to buy, but I do like a little bit heavier arrow. Um, you know, I think the Mayhems are a touch heavier, and you could get some inserts and and build those out, or heck, call the call the insert companies. You could probably tell them, here's my budget. Here's total grains, and, and that's why they got good guys um, on their customer service. I've, I've heard a couple of those aftermarket insert companies do a good job of setting people up right. Um, so, yeah, let's let's pencil on $100 there. Okay, now we're rolling into the, the heart of the season. Let's get a quick tally of how much we spent. We know we're roughly around $500 for the first quarter. Second quarter is a, a heavy blow here. Let's see here. $150, that's $280. Um, five six seven oh we spent a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> 980 says so, so out of okay so we've roughly spent fifteen hundred dollars just this makes it easier i think for the listeners um so so we've got nine hundred dollars to essentially play with this fall we have we have boots we have our bow set up and we've improved that dramatically we have mobile gear um Man, we're doing really well here, Adam. Do you, do you, you know? I I hate well, the pause, but I, I, no. But... I,
0: I mean, I, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, like, okay, so like, unless you're like in the deep, deep south, like your season is over, like at at the end of Q4, right? So, I mean, and as we enter into the season, we need to be like
1: fully spent, right? I mean, uh, I I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and this guy's going to be going through some gas money as right. hunting season. But but I think literally at the at the, the moment the gun goes off, um, we spent fifteen hundred dollars buying used stuff, but bought new boots. We we didn't need a new bow, but we bought a used bow to to improve that. Um, we got into the mobile game. We got boots to kind of accommodate this new mobile and public land, lot of mileage type game. That's that's pretty good, right? Like, mm-hmm. am I overthinking it? And, no, and I mean, fierce?
0: I mean, we're gonna need we're gonna need tags. So we need to know if we're just yeah, yeah. hunting our state, uh, out of state, like how we're you know uh, valuing that sort of thing. But yeah. if you're a new guy, like you said, you're probably not filling all your tags. So
1: yeah, I this mean, dude's going two states max, dude. I mean, right. That's, that's that's kind of my thought at this point. Looking, but you got nine hundred dollars to do that. So yeah, we got some cash. Let's blow it all. No, <laughs> I mean, but 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 if a guy if a guy said, hey, I don't have twenty four hundred, uh, kind of that mark you gave me, you know, it, but he I, might
0: have sticks and he might have yeah. a bow and he might, you know. So, I mean, this is, this is great information from, uh, uh, a zero to 100 standpoint, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, in, in knowing what's coming this fall, September, October, November, um, what state is this guy in, is he in the mid Midwest somewhere? I, I mean, if I'm going to look at like my base
0: for uh patreon audience yeah 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 no no no. i this this show is based on like the people that support us directly that makes
1: perfect sense so
0: it's going to be um michigan Mm -hmm. or it's going to be like new york maryland south carolina like you know west virginia i mean yeah we're 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 not talking on Easy states to hunt, and I don't mean like easy by like deer standards. I mean like hunting pressure. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that 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 helps. We'll so get to so, the second so, tag. So
0: so here we go. Give me a second tag in Ohio.
1: Second tag in Ohio is not a bad option for for a guy in Michigan um, or the first state or West there.
0: Virginia. I mean, so when I hunted when I hunted um the first four years, I hunted Ohio. I never saw an Ohio tag, mm-hmm. a, a plate. I only saw West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Louisiana. Um, yeah, those are the those are the plates that I saw.
1: Yeah, uh, hunting the, the, the secret the secrets out here on this state, and we we're the fifth most of the, uh oh pressured state as far as bow hunters per square mile. Um, and I've spent some time hunting some states to the west. Um,
0: Come up here, let's people. have some
1: fun. So, say what?
0: I said, come up here. Let's have
1: some fun. Well, but if I was going to go north, wouldn't I go to Wisconsin? I mean, earlier season start time of September 15. Like, if this is a budget hunt, if tags are within fifty dollars of her, I could almost go two times to Wisconsin because it it starts September 15. Oh yeah, and oh yeah. and caliber a buck is no secret. It's better there.
0: Well, I'm just talking. Um, if you're if yep. you, if you're Ohio
1: secrets out like. Come on, Byron! I got a. I would, I would for never. You. T- yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but like you know, look at uh, um, Kentucky, Tennessee. Um, yeah, you know Indiana. Indiana's the most overslept. You oh, know. Hundred. that's that's, that's out. It's on my list. Yeah, they though the only negative to Indiana is the the later later half of the season kind of sucks. Um, to put it bluntly, they got a two week gun rifle season starting November 15, and then there's like a one a one week break and then it's muzzle loaders and and no offense, but a muzzle loaders are pretty much a 200 yard rifle these days um, for the most part. But yeah, it's, 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 um, their late season doesn't set up as good or as friendly, um, can, you know, compared to some of the other States of, of Kentucky, Illinois sets up really well, but it's a heavy price tag. Um, and it's probably a little farther from your East coast guys. Right. Um, but going into season, if this guy is located in Michigan, located in Pennsylvania, he's got to kill his home bucks first. And then that's something too. I'm not a huge proponent of all these guys saying, let's go do a public land challenge somewhere. Because for me, it's tough enough to kill a good buck here in my home state. And I spend a lot of time here. But um, but but the difference
0: is like you're, I mean, so for Michigan, when you're like from your uh, trail camp setup. Mm-hmm. Like, the buck to my right and the buck in front of me are both 100-inch bucks. And you're talking about, is it a 120 or a 130? Like, so, mm-hmm. like, it's – it's and I do not want to downplay this, and I do not want to upsell Ohio. But I think, like, a uh, 120-inch buck or a, a 100-inch buck – in Ohio is a lot easier to come by than hands down than Michigan uh, on every single day of the week, you know? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. 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 Let's speak in general terms and in 99% of hunting scenarios, if you had ground in Ohio to kill a hundred inch buck, it's a lot easier than killing a hundred inch buck in
0: Michigan. So let's talk about if you're new guy to public land hunting and you just want to kill any buck or yeah or a deer yeah or you want to you want to kill something that you can you know respectively put on your wall um from Michigan from you know yeah. Jersey, Maryland, South Carolina or something like that yeah. some like,
1: of those states you just mentioned I would almost maybe lean to Tennessee, Kentucky because you could go twice because the openers are so much earlier as a secondary tag, because that's, that's kind of a nice, that's a nice ad as somebody who bought a Kentucky tag last year. I, I literally went for a weekend before I could even bow hunt my home state, you know, and, and Dave almost shot a, uh, let's call it a one twenty five fiver.
0: But, but the thing is, is like, it might, uh, suck ass to shoot a deer in February, but when does your season end? I mean, what, where, where it starts is one thing, but when does it end?
1: Yeah, but I'll also tell you my buck sightings after this, the first gun week are, are, are very dismal. Despite what Mr. Eberhardt says. Um, <laughs> hey, that, that dude's a, an assassin. But yeah, I'm we we as Whitetail Experience have killed zero Public Land Ohio bucks in five years. I don't know if any of us have ever killed a buck after gun season.
0: Well, check out The Vitals Live because John Eberhardt talks about exactly how you can
1: do that uh, in the late season. <laughs> yeah but yeah when was the last time john did that well, that's another fact hey, what's up? i would ask him that i i think that's a fair question to ask john you know if it was if it was 2001 that might be a different story versus um you're talking to five guys and we're not near the hunters john has dude look at the little bucks he's killed he's from michigan harder state he's been doing it a long time doing it at a high level but you know we're five guys who live here um you know, myself, I've killed, uh, in the rut slash pre-rut the last, I don't know, 10 years. Um, but like the, the core team still hunting late season on and off. Nobody's killed a buck. Um, just, just cause it gets, it's tougher after that gun week.
0: My question is, I, I, I guess where I would, where I would point you is how many of those guys, how many of those years have killed no bucks prior to that?
1: killed no bucks prior to that. Now they've all killed bucks.
0: Yep. And so I, I think that that's where yeah. I think that that's where it becomes a little bit more um, like filling that second tag or or um, not being out of state and having a time frame I think yeah. plays a, a heavy and, and that's one of the things like I try to um, put on John, you know, it, because, um, of that exact scenario. Right. So if you didn't kill anything, then it, you still, you still have this monkey on your back that you're chasing. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I guess I would go back to our scenario here where we're having this guy who is all monkeys,
1: right yeah yeah, no matter yeah. What he's, he's 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 probably killed a few deer but he hasn't killed a 100 inch buck, and he's 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 now got to do it a little different manner and he's getting into it you're right you're right i would definitely he's gonna reserve some cash for a second deer but i think i think for the month of september let's go ahead and paint a picture of of maybe i i do have a, a trail cam i if i gotta do i have to use all this money
0: you don't have to you can save it okay Lock it. At. you can spend it on your wife and that it's, might be, hey, that might hey, be a
1: valuable asset. Dude, dude, babysitting money or, 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 uh, I do food delivery sometime for my wife. Like, Hey babe, like you don't have to cook dinner. And, uh, the key is to get like two, two plates or dude, even if it's something like Panera or Jimmy John's delivered to the house while I'm on my bow hunting trip, I always get two. So that way she's got a lunch for the next day or something. That's as a pro tip coming from a guy that, uh, does some traveling for hunts or, or has to be be gone for little weekends here and there for for whatever obligations. Are. That's a pro tip right there. Um. So yeah, let's uh let's pencil in. Let's not let's let's not burn the the out of state tag uh, necessarily. I do think this guy maybe um, some trail cams are key. And and here here's something uh, I'm gonna pencil in here. Let's go two muddy trail cameras. Um, you can find them on Camel Fire for fifty five bucks. Um, I ran a, a 10 budget friendly cameras and the price to performance level video mode, um, ease of use with menu. That camera seems to be a pretty decent, decent option for a budget, um, budget cam. Um, let's buy two of those. And, And this too, if this guy gets some pictures of four pointers or a racked eight, I mean, how much more motivation does he have now to hunt? Um, that's, that's something not talked about enough in, in, in bow hunting or, um, even a cell cam game, you know, um, if you get a cell, you know, you, you get a picture of a good buck, you're going to go hunt hard. You're going to do what's right. You're going to do extra scouting. Uh, you may go that day. It's, it's going to rain, um, on you because man, maybe he'll get up and move right before that rainstorm. So, so I'm I'm going to pencil in two, two of those cameras, $110 um he's also got you know let's call it 40 or 50 bucks in tags how much for you guys to to get in the woods and hunt your home state between license and uh tag yeah i think 50 yeah
0: i think 50 bucks is two tags and a small game yeah perfect
1: perfect um so that's that's september at this point um Leaving knowing, okay, uh, our season hits the last weekend there, so you're gonna, you may have twenty dollars in gas. Uh, if you're hunting Kentucky, you know that opener happens. Uh, Wisconsin, the guy may start hunting as well, and and you know be spending twenty, forty. There's weekends I spend a lot of money on gas, so so I don't, you know, knowing that that could be a, an expense that month. Um, he's probably got anywhere between twenty and fifty in gas. Let's, should we go ahead and pencil that in?
0: Yeah, I, I would say
1: 50 bucks in gas. Just 50 just bucks in gas. No okay, so our September, yeah, our September total there is 210 Um And that gets you hunting. That gets you hunting, you know, your your, your home state potentially. October rolls around. What is this guy going to spend money on? Really just gas, you know, uh, if he can get to his location and doesn't take any trips. like he's He's out gas money, I think, at this point. Can you think of anything we've overlooked that, hey, it's it's October 15th. This guy's trying to kill deer. And um, besides gas, is he is he needing anything else? Well, I mean, I
0: I think at that point he is going to be second guessing himself. So it's going (sighs) to be like that one spot that he checked out or where he has a cell cam or where he has his camera. Um So I think, how do you uh, approach that like mental game as far as like, you know, you might have money left, but where do you prioritize your time? And I think that yeah. you did, you, you put a great, <laughs> you, you preface that greatly by saying, I'm going to, you know, spend money on my wife with some food deliveries and, and these types of things. But like, but I mean, how are, how are you approaching that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. So, so I guess, uh, mid October, late October. I do. Do you believe in the, do you believe in the October low? Um, no, I don't do a ton of hunting from the tenth through the twentieth. I believe it's more important to take the kids to the pumpkin patch, but uh, like this year, I think I killed the twenty second ish. But that might the- that might be where your
0: dollars need to be spent, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. You you definitely need to have that family pumpkin patch, especially if this dude's got kids. You gotta, dude. You gotta knock that out early in October. Don't put that off, even if it's like a Sunday afternoon. Like, you know, October sixth is not near as valuable as October twenty sixth. Um, for the most part, um, obviously you you see a <laughs> you gain a visual on a buck doing something dumb October 6th, kill him. but um, you know in broad spectrum, uh, go get the pumpkin patch done anytime before the fifteenth of October. Uh, so we can put we can put a little family day in there. Let's say he blows a oh, let's dude he he might do a hundred dollars between maybe he takes his wife and. They go watch a football game at a nice restaurant one night, and then they take the kids to the pumpkin patch uh, on a weekend. He could blow a hundred dollars there, and we're just going to call that family time. This is important. Somebody's got a girlfriend. Substitute that for girlfriend time. Um, but make it known that hey, like maybe later, you know, let's you know, let them know that that uh that October bow hunting push is coming. Late October, November bow hunting push is coming. Um, so yeah, let's put a hundred dollars there. Of family, family time. Um, now I guess we got to answer the question. Is this guy going to go to another state? Maybe he's got a hunting buddy. That's a little more advanced. Is he going to go somewhere?
0: Well, let's talk about he's, he's a Michigan guy or, yes. or whatever. Adam, and you're allowed
1: to ask selfish questions here. Well, Fire I mean, it will.
0: I, mean uh, I can do whatever I want to. I got a podcast, right? So it, I, it's all it, a write-off right? You're an accountant. So <laughs> it, I got a different uh, thing, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that like, if I want to kill a hundred inch buck uh, in seven days, I can do it a lot easier. I can do it every fucking year in
1: Ohio or Indiana. Yeah. Than, yeah. I think at a minimum, you've got to buy an Ohio or Indiana attack.
0: Right. So, so that's the thing is like, if I, if I want to put a deer on my wall, because I haven't, I don't have that level, and I'm saying, okay, this is where I want to, this is where I want to spend my money. Mm-hmm. I've got all the equipment. It's just a matter of like, I got seven days to do it. Where yep. do I prioritize my time?
1: Yeah, and, I, I don't think I go in October at this point.
0: Well, I, I mean, uh, John but, and I have like, we've gone like, I feel like in, in my life right now. I think I could go to Ohio for your opener. If I had five days in your opener, I can kill a hundred inch deer. I could probably kill a Pope and Young your opening week with my skill set, but um because it's I feel like your deer the deer in Ohio are bigger. So I can mm-hmm. kill a two and a half in Ohio on a pattern easier than I can kill one in Michigan and your season starts earlier. And that is John and I have had this conversation and it's like, you know, from our experiences in Ohio, I think a Michigan guy going to Ohio, like for the opener um, understanding and, and not necessarily going to anywhere Ohio, but going to Hill country, Ohio, like I think you could go, Um, find some points, uh, find some leeward sides and some, I mean, listen to your podcast with Jake Bush and he's killing booners, uh, you know, and it's like the deer that he's passing or like, whatever. It's like the deer that you're passing. Like I would kill them with that $170 tag and be elated. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And and that's just kind of the way that I approach it, right? And uh, tell me I'm wrong, please, because I um, mean it's it's my hundred and seventy dollars.
1: <laughs> not it's not it's not a terrible thought. Um, it is not a terrible thought. I hundred incher Dave passed a hundred incher October fifth ish this year. It was summer. Let's call it October fifth, October six
0: and when does your season oh, open
1: uh the 20 like generally anywhere between the 28th and 30th it's whatever the last saturday in september is right um so give me so, a week down there yeah 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 bottom line that like but um if i passed any other 100 inches that time of year i, I I'm, I'm trying to recall i don't um and maybe that's just my hunting and scouting and blah 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 I don't see a lot of them um and and you, nobody can, can compare themselves to Jake Bush because I talked to Jake Bush there. I know how much that dude walks mm-hmm. I know how much he drives yep. I know where he drives yep. 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 and yep. what he sacrifices to to pass Pope and Young's is a lot um so 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 I don't I I don't think that, well and he like so I think he only yeah yeah he he did have some good early season hunts but he's an early season guy if you look at his track record. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm I'm trying to think here. I I might have only seen a four point um before the buck I killed on October twentieth. And that's a decent amount of scouting, decent amount of card pulls. Um, but the thing is, is like, I'm
0: you're, a, you're hunting different deer, right? You're not targeting hundred inch deer. You're not har, har, yes, targeting one twenties. So, um, I, I think that there's a difference there, but I also think like here's, uh, from, from new guy perspective, right. Yeah. Is, uh if he starts there the last week of September, he's got that tag until February or
1: whenever you guys end. Yeah. Yeah. I thought we were only going on one trip. That was my only caveat to, to this. Well, purchase. but who knows
0: when he kills? I mean, so that that's yes. this.
1: Yeah. My, my thing is if you're going to make a one, one bow hunting trip to somewhere else, you know, you killed your buck, I believe sometime around the rut. Me personally, I have gone out of state. I killed and, mine October 9th. Oh well, shit! I killed
0: I killed it on Byron in time.
1: No, no, I am not a pre uh, pre October twenty killer. My thing is, is if I go out of state, and I've gone out of state for shit, I don't know the last four or five years, and I've never been on a piece of ground or very limited. I can throw darts in the rut or in the pre rut and see bucks because they're just on their feet more and, and kind of create the 100-inch opportunity. I passed a, a couple of those uh, in Indiana year one, never been there. Uh, Kentucky this year, I – I, uh, oh, man, I was very close to killing two 200-inch – or two 100-inch bucks, we'll call it, and two 125 to 135s. Um, you know, but it was right, and I could throw darts at, at – okay, I could kind of see stuff that, that would get those deer to, to funnel through areas. And it was just easier to dart throw in the rut versus uh, early season. But, yeah, yeah. bottom line, if this guy does want to buy a tag and he's in Michigan, for for example, 100%, he's got to buy an Indiana or an Ohio tag, Full sand. Wisconsin. I, I mean, I mean Wisconsin, well, yeah, because then you get the September 15 yep, opener. Yep, yep. He could go twice yeah, in a season easy. pretty easily. So so this in it's two they're all the Ohio's I think the, the Indiana's the, the cheapest unless you want to get the, the combo of, of of a firearm and bow. Um you know, but Ohio and Indiana they're within I think forty dollars of each other. The the Wisconsin, if you go year one, is only eighty bucks. Can yep. I use that for this example?
0: yeah i mean like so that's the thing is like dan infall he told us he's like if you guys tag out earlier you want to go to wisconsin it's eighty dollars and i'll put you on some like giants and we're like what yes. yeah right, so, so we're, that's yeah, a great we're, we're penciled a, that's in Wisconsin. wisconsin.
1: We, we we came to that logic pretty pretty good there especially year one you can you can buy it for eight bucks it's definitely a better hunting state than um Say um Michigan is, is as far as, as bucks are concerned. <laughs> quality so deer, yes, yes, quality deer. So, 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 yeah, that's a good use of it. So, we're under two hundred dollars in October, and we spend a hundred dollars on family and eighty dollars on a uh, an out of state tag. That guy, um you know, the, now if he buys that eighty dollar tag, does he go once in October? Should we pencil in a hundred dollars, uh, fifty in gas, fifty in bullshit, and probably fifty in gas back?
0: Uh, I would say 150 dollars in gas because I think if this guy is going to go to Wisconsin. I would say yep. like negate the bullshit. He's going there to to try to level up, right?
1: Yep. Okay, 150 in gas. Okay, um, November rolls around. Uh, this is pretty much you tell this guy, look, I don't care what you do. The first, actually, any time in November. Uh, you guys have an early gun season if this guy's in Michigan. So well, bottom well, line, like, he's got a...
0: Well, September is like uh, you have a youth hunt and then you have a early doe season. But you don't have a like a real yeah. early gun season.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you guys have a November 15 gunner. Yeah, 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 a yeah. November 17 gunner. Yeah. So this dude literally has the first two weeks to get it done in his home state. Yep. Uh, with a bow. So he's going to be burning vacation... And a lot of gas. Um, how much do I spend on a day in gas? Roughly. Now, so if he's going to hunt five days in a row, it's easily a hundred bucks, if not closer to 150. Um.
0: Yeah, I would say in my, in my rig is... Most guys uh,
1: take a week of vacation. Yeah,
0: it's, it's probably uh, $60 a tank. And so we're doing... Two tanks of gas, so
1: yeah. So um this guy's probably, I, I think, easily by the time maybe he stops and gets a. Oh, it's it's tough to food prep for a whole week, so you do end up buying some fast food. I feel like mm-hmm. that week of the rut, uh, maybe some extra coffees or whatever in the morning. Let's let's pencil in two or two fifty for for your November one week rut push. Most guys okay. take a week off. What do you think? Two fifty. Yeah, that's we nice. have money. that's 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 money to blow okay and all we have left uh um you know what we're gonna do next in the second half of november since this guy's in michigan he's gotta he's gotta either go to another state at this point um he's got the wisconsin tag i don't know how the later half of wisconsin works um Somebody's going to rip us a new one on this podcast. I don't know. I know their gun season is in November, but I don't know if it's like the third weekend or or how long it's good for. And I don't know if that $80 tag is just bow. I don't know that. Do you know that? I don't. Okay. We're not going to – I guess this guy's going to go back to Wisconsin in December then. We're going to assume he can bow hunt then. <laughs> uh, just for conversation. Right. Um, yep. We had put in earlier 150 ish dollars. This time, he is he going to spend more or less? I don't know. Um, but we could put 200 pretty quickly here and, and probably be be good. And so, rough cost we were at 1500 dollars spent going into essentially the core of the season. Um, let's see here 210 150 that's 360 that's 600 800 more dollars okay we barely we barely did it we blew a lot of money there in the the from from September to December i, I got us a rough total of 800ish dollars um so so that puts us right at 2300 i think that's a pretty decent job for your audience <laughs> Um, to to picture spending that kind of money and what that does,
0: right? And so you you end up with a hundred dollars left. Um, and we bought a bow. I, I mean, know, shit. but I mean, like, so you went through that month by month and 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 in real time, kind of how you would spend it, right? Mm-hmm. So in even in this little scenario in retrospect like where do you think you could have done a better job or where do you think like what what do you where would you prioritize your money like not being like month by month but like overall i mean if you could i mean you you obviously have a pen and paper in front of you so Mm -hmm. like where was all the money spent and where do you think you could have spent extra money and maybe saved?
1: So the, the bow is kind of the, the, the dumb money or like a guy who has a decent bow, like he wouldn't have to spend that money going forward.
0: You know, we could say the same thing for sticks or. Stand yeah. if yeah. you already or, had some of that? Yep. Yep.
1: Um, you know, because that's that's something like even standing sticks. You know, you can buy that once, and it'll ride you out for a few years. Um, if I look at this paper, and I say, "What was smart money?" I think our um, our Wisconsin tag was it was a nice nice thought because for eighty bucks, we can go once in September if time allows, um, kind of before the Michigan opener. Um, and the, the that that's the cheapest out of state tag of the three states we discussed um the the hundred dollars of family time tough to argue that's not you know smart money um the only thing that i kind of look at and and if if uh maybe we were doing this exercise for say year two um maybe instead of going to wisconsin yourself so, let's say this is for you for next year and you're looking at a two thousand ish dollar budget I would tell you if you're going to come to Ohio, you would have to like it'd be good to come scout even for for a long weekend or a a, a two day or on on the piece of public you intend to hunt in the fall, just because that'll get you a lot of uh, you so know it could it could get you a really good head start.
0: So do you like so? My experience has been um, scouting Ohio in uh, April, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been to Ohio in April. Um, you live there. The bear shit in the woods? Uh, there is millions of ticks. Like the deer mm-hmm. that I killed, um, when I brought the cape to him, they said, uh, we've never seen this many ticks, this many variety of ticks. Um, we have never seen this many ticks on a cape in my lifetime. So if you were going to scout Ohio from out of mm-hmm. state, when would you do it?
1: Yeah. Uh, February, um, March, um, that way you're mostly done with snow. Um, I myself have an out of state, uh, scouting trip in March, um, to another state. Um, you you know, that's just, that, that'll help me, you know, kind of learn that place significantly better. Um, and start getting a blueprint on a, on a piece of public. So yeah, that's that's the that's a good use of time, you know, and money, especially if you don't have, or if you already have some of this gear that I felt like the bow needed upgraded, and standing six became essential because this guy didn't have anything that could help him mobile hunt.
0: All right. Well, I mean, like, this isn't um, this is no bullshit. This has, like been more of my favorite podcasts because like. These are things that uh, these are questions that I answer every day, and these are questions that like I go back and forth on like how to do it, and I live in like a, a shit whitetail state. I mean, mm-hmm. for for yeah. the uh, and again, this is like when I talk to Brandon Egan and, and I say, uh, "Yeah, I'm the worst world's worst hunter and he's like, "Yeah, I can see that." So. <laughs> this is what I would do. Um, yeah. You know, so when you're like, "Eh, I live in a shit white state, you're like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, I get it. Um, it was crazy (laughs) when we we
1: got to the $1,500 mark there at the end of August and we kind of had a lot of stuff ready to go. Um, you know, like that wasn't, that wasn't, you know, that's not like 1500. That's fathomable, you know, for, for even a guy who's, he's 22, about to get his, his his first job, job, or maybe he's working in the trades, and and maybe he already has a decent enough bow, and so he's got a pretty good head start here. This this could be done, um, for a limited budget, and and as far as gear, we didn't pick anything stupid, elaborate. Uh, a lot of it was, um, you know and and not junk equipment from keen boots to, to an XOP tree stand. Those are, those are solid like gear items, you know?
0: Right. And, and, and to be honest with you, like the, the fun, the fun part of this podcast. And like I said, this has like been one of my favorites is like, if you were to go and look at the record book and you were to say, you know, from the Hanson buck all the way down to like the lowliest of low, um, Pope and young buck. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Like
0: it isn't the, the sick fanatic jacket that, that made that hunt, Right. Mm -hmm. It was like the, the red and black lumberjack, the Dan
1: Fitzgerald's, the Pete Shepley's of the world. Um, the sheffler jared sheffler he hunts yeah. in like wrangler stretches and like you know yeah. earth tone
0: yeah, crap I mean, and...
1: like for
0: guys that are just starting out it isn't um it the gear doesn't matter and that's the whole point of this whole podcast is like gear is whatever it's going to be jared sheffler kills deer off the ground with a longbow and a flannel you know if you look at zach from the hunting public like his one of the guys that he respects most is jared scheffler um simply from that perspective and if we go back down the the line is like it ends up being the you know iconic fred bear quote of
1: sit down shut up and be quiet right it's it's so funny adam you say this um, and I might be able to send you a minute of my film for this year. I literally have, have put the finishing touches. But the, the opening minute, I talk about um, how I was tricked by the industry and how I thought products killed deer. And, and then uh, I kind of go into the the four core beliefs of what I think killed deer. And it's uh, it's uh, gas, scouting, effort, and time. And, and those are kind of the, the four things that I feel like Oh, it, 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 they're kind of a theme for 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 this year's film that that, that I'll be putting out um, because I, I do I feel very tricked. I was so obsessed with deer early um, and didn't have the best like mentor slash. How do I go about this and try and get on you know better bucks? And I, I'm I'm all about white tail. I I literally would watch the outdoor channel and thought I had to do buy those products everybody was pitching me. I really thought like you know that was how you did it. Um, so yeah, this has been a cool conversation for, for, you know, somebody getting into it. I think, um, the themes of, of it's not about the gear, but these will get you in a situation and then it's up to you to, to kind of learn the craft.
0: Well, I feel like, I mean, and it it sounds like you may be on the, the same spectrum, but it looks like, I feel like I'm going backwards. It's like, it's like, you know, last year. I killed a four point, right? Like literally like a spike with brow tines. And I posted it on social media and people were like, thank you so much for posting that because I really appreciate like that. Someone with a platform, IE we have a platform, right? Yeah. Um, Saying that that's okay to do. Um, And this year I killed a, you know, 98 inch buck on Michigan public land with a bow. And I was like, I don't feel like that represents like the way that I, you know, I mean, I didn't put in the work to kill that deer. Um, And people are like, Oh, that's, that's crazy. And like, it's like I bought, I I ended up with like this most beautiful, like long bow. Um, It's the most amazing thing. And I would love to kill a deer in khaki pants, a flannel shirt, and uh you know with this longbow next year, but it's just like I don't feel like I have the like skill set to do it, but like that's like what I'm more drawn to than any of the things that um the industry says that you have to do um and I think that that's awesome that like those are. Because that's what I wanted to get out of this podcast, right? Like, Jason Koviak, you know, he hunts with lone wolf stuff. He hunts in his work clothes with a beanie on. And he is the most um, staunch uh, Michigan proponent for the, I guess, all the right things. Um, You know, if you can say it like that. Um, and it's like, I don't think I'm a good enough hunter to just take this new longbow out there, but it's like, I, I I guess if you're going to fail, like fail huge, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I mean, that, 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 that's kind of the way that I feel about it. So for you saying that it, it makes me feel like that's more of a viable option, you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, you've talked about, uh, on this pod uh, not this particular podcast, but on your podcast in general, just how much you've grown from all these conversations with guys. Um, you know, I gotta believe the encounter rate you have now is way better than what it used to be. And by making that, that weapon that you want to go pursue it with, like maybe you're going to get a few more encounters and one goes the way you want it to. I man, bow hunting is all about what you want to make it. Um, I've kind of chosen the journey to maybe kill slightly above average bucks on on public land or whatever. And um, it doesn't even have to be public. I've got a family, 18 acres. I get a kick out of, you know, doing all the timber work out there. I don't have necessarily some food plot game, but I, I, you know, I cut trees and I I hinge cut, I girdle cut, I I hack and squirt and clear cut invasive species. I do it all out there, but uh, (laughs) there's just not a lot of good bucks out there, but, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's whatever you want it to be, man. I don't think uh, you got to, the industry now is way more accepting of, of whatever it is. Uh, the, the, the guys, you know, somebody posts a hundred inch buck in Michigan now on Facebook, you know what? There's a, there's a crowd of guys like, dude, that guy killed a stud. Um, And 10 years ago, that was not the case. They just said, oh God, that guy killed a hundred inch you know, um, yeah, it, it's it's way. I don't know. I think the industry's changing and everything's. Despite the negativity of Facebook, it's a little more accepting. Um, there's. I I don't think there's quite the big buck shaming there used to be five ten years ago. Yeah,
0: but I don't. I don't think like I worry about big bucks because I'm, I really don't care what other people think. And, mm-hmm. it, but I think that I think you're a hundred percent right, and that I've had a. I mean. I, I would have more than 100% rate of big buck encounters um since you know having all of these conversations because the the fact of the matter is, is like you can take the, you can listen to the information but if you don't do anything with it then it doesn't really matter and I've been implementing everything that I can do and it's not that I'm like disin Genuous or it's like I'm disenfranchised with like where I'm at right now it's like I, I I mean honestly I don't think like man if I killed that four point with the with a longbow it'd be a trophy um, but the other side of it is is that like that would be an incredible accomplishment oh yeah and and that is to me is more important. Like for me being more accomplished as a hunter um, to have those experiences and to be that close and to do those things um, would mean more to me because from everything that I'm doing, like our goal here and my goal here is not to like in any way, put myself on a pedestal is Almost, I mean, a- everything that we do is like, I'm the freaking, um, you know, self deprecating guy. I'm the world's worst bow hunter, right? But the other side of that is, is like, all I want to do is just to allow other people to know that it's okay. Like, have fun, hunt, kill, do whatever you want to do. Like, venison is awesome. Like, let's do this thing and, like, let's have fun, you know? And, I wanna grow but I think in Michigan like taking to taking it to that level makes it like some sort of a fucking pissing contest. So mm. I'd rather like use everything that I've learned to kill deer with the longbow and that would be so much more fulfilling personally than like killing 100 inch deer after a 100 inch deer after a 100 inch deer you know because i i mean i mean my thing has been like man i'm glad i don't kill big deer because it seems like there's a lot that goes along with it right
1: yeah yeah i mean you're not wrong uh as far as what i see from from guys doing it who have chose to pursue it at a at a high level whatever they um you know, want to raise the bar in their hunting on private, public, uh, multiple States, uh, kill a big deer in their own area. Like it's, there's, there's work and time involved in that process. It's a, you know, you, you, you got to uh, embrace that process and love that, that process. For me, that's kind of what I like to do. I like, I like that, that, that work really hard at something. I've always been motivated to, to, to put my effort in on something and see a, a reward or, you know, I, I I live for that, man. That's uh that's, that's that's something I really love about hunting. is It's just me, um, in my experience. And you know, um, so so yeah, that's I mean that's part of what I do for bow hunting. Don't get me wrong, dude. I love the sunrises. I love the the oh catching squirrels running or uh, seeing a fox. I mean, I, I love all that stuff. I, I really like the sunrises, dude. Like the little things. I like a cup of coffee at two a.m. as I'm driving a piece of public (laughs) to me that's that's all about it um but yeah i've kind of chosen my own little what fires me up about deer hunting right now and it's uh kind of pushing my envelope if you will well i'm not afraid of that i mean like
0: all that stuff sounds amazing but what i'm afraid of is like the introspective stuff like i I wanna enjoy all the things that you outlined like mm-hmm. I don't want it to be about the kill right I want the pureness of the hunt, and I think like in the space that we live, that's the most difficult mm-hmm. portion of it. I mean that's why it's that's why it's cool for me to post a four point kill and and people to be you know impressed or mm-hmm. uh, inspired by it right because that's the hardest part is to be okay with like your your skill level like mm-hmm. i'm always trying to get better and i'm always trying to you know chase that ghost if you will but to and i and i think you do a very good job um and in what you do of showing the inspiring nation a, a notion of that uh that 2 a.m. cup of coffee or that that sunrise or uh, you know but you you got to let people know that it's okay to be you know me right <laughs> yeah it's okay to be like the growing michigan hunter it's okay to be to be like chasing whatever, but happy with whatever comes about, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's the beauty of hunting. It's a personal pursuit. It's It's not a, not necessarily a full blown team affair. So
0: with you and with, um, with the whitetail experience, like in that journey, like, where are you guys at currently and what is the mission statement of the Whitedale experience and how can everybody see like what you guys are all about?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, as far as like a, a mission statement, it's, uh, it's the, the brand is targeting me at age 19. You know, it's a, uh, um, it's a very, uh, Oh, public land mobile dominant brand. If you look at our YouTube and some of our podcasts, that's kind of the focus. And it's, uh, those are kind of the best areas to find us basic social media. Um, but it's, uh, just a, a couple of us guys that, that, you know, decided we were going to start filming it and it's kind of morphed into a brand built around that experience. And I try to personally produce a decent videography, uh, product there, but also our YouTube's full of little tip tactics and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So, so, so that's, that's, that's the brand. That's who we are.
0: Man, Byron, uh, this, like, I'm going to say it in our intro, but like, this has been one of my favorite podcasts because it, um, it, it speaks to a guy like me. It speaks to our audience. It speaks to everything, but I think you're underselling your ability as a filmmaker and you continue to inspire me i mean he says oh there's these little tips and tricks stuff but like i mean if you watch any of his videos on like his budget stuff and that's why i wanted to bring him on here like watch him he's wearing different clothes um the cuts are incredible and it's on a mm four to seven minute video. I mean, (laughs) he's doing great, great things that you could do probably on your iPhone, um, and edit to keep the viewer engaged. And that goes back to this whole budget podcast. I mean, (laughs) he does an amazing job and I really appreciate it um byron where can people follow along with everything you're doing and i'm not talking about just like uh byron horton the whitetail experience but what are you involved with
1: yeah 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 so so yeah i would look up uh the whitetail experience youtube and and instagram obviously and then um i do a decent amount of the photo video work uh related to xop and lone wolf custom gear and uh, I do a decent amount of the editing for Whitetail Addictions with uh, um, a few great guys on on, on staff there with Hollinsworth and and Heath. They they both help chip in um, when needed. And, um, just outstanding guys. But yeah, th- that's that's where you can see my stuff. Um, some of the f- photo content is mine as well that you'll see out there. But yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me.
0: Man, I, I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate the perspective because it's not a it's not jaded, it's not um industry driven by any means. And um I, I think it's really a value to our listeners. So, you know, thanks for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Adam. And dude, I even took some notes on this and uh so so I'm I'm pretty pumped about this podcast. Appreciate you having me.
0: <laughs> yep. Not a problem, man. Thank you.